Dixie Chicks say. It's not like they political scientists or nothing. They just bitches that can sing good. You know what I mean? Stop worshiping celebrities so much. Just don't listen, pay attention. I remember right around September 11th, uh, Ja Rule was on MTV. That's what they said. They said, we got Ja Rule on the phone. Let's see what Ja's thoughts are on this tragedy. Who gives a fuck what Ja Rule thinks at a time like this? Nigga, this is ridiculous. I don't want to dance. I'm scared to death. I want some answers that Ja Rule might not have right now. You think when bad shit happens to me, I'll be in the crib like, oh my God, this is terrible. Because somebody, please, find Ja Rule, get hold of this motherfucker so I can make sense of all this. Where is Ja? The other night, I'm in my little clubhouse, and I'm watching uh, Don Lemon, that hotbed of reality. He says, where are all these celebrities? Why aren't you talking? This nigga said everybody. I was screaming at the TV. I dare you to say me, nigga. I dare you. Has anyone ever listened to me do comedy? Have I not ever said anything about these things before? So now all of a sudden, this nigga expects me to step in front of the streets and talk over the work these people are doing as a celebrity? Ask me. Do you want to see a celebrity right now? Do we give a fuck what Ja Rule thinks? Does it matter about celebrity? No. This is the streets talking for themselves. They don't need me right now. I kept my mouth shut. And I'll still keep my mouth shut. But don't think that my silence is complicit to all the shit these niggas are saying, trying to get everyone to sing these fucking songs. I know all these songs. I was raised on these songs. Why would anyone care what their favorite comedian thinks after they saw a police officer kneel on a man's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds? What's going on, man? I got like an action-packed fucking edition with my fucking fucked up thoughts that I need to put on a... put on a fucking podcast for some odd reason, right? Um, I should. I was just going to start out with the AEW and NXT stuff, but of course, with an impromptu, you know, release of a comedy special, Dave Chappelle, you know, does it again with like a really solid special. I don't think this guy has ever really missed. Even though I, again, it's a controversial opinion to think that the last, again, I'm not subscribing to like all the neoliberal publications that were equating him in the right wing fucking shit. But like, I did feel the last special kind of had like some fucking right wing talking points to some degree on it. But again, like the thing is like, you really can't criticize Chappelle really uh, Again, like, he gets met with a lot of... Because, again, like, the, the, it, because the thing is, he doesn't... Even though we we he's, like, a really solid fucking talent, and the, the real people that know the fucking... Like, the story behind the scenes and all that type of stuff, and, again, with the conspiracy, you know, how he broke it down with, you know, um, why he would come back to comedy in the Bird Revelation, uh, where he talks about the Iceberg Slim. 
I think that's one of the most realist fucking bits that he's ever done where it's basically him explaining, like, again, without even saying, you know, like, you know, system initiations and all that kind of shit is how the fucking puppet masters in the industry fucking control him. And he correlated it with fucking Iceberg Slim and what he did. You know what I mean? So, like, this guy has put out enough fucking truth. You know what I mean? Even if he's winding down and I feel like... He's like, and again, it's like it's more afraid because like he's one of like the great comedians. But it feels like, since all since you know my theory about how all the old guard people are kind of uh, being canceled with like some re- with, with some controversy and all that, and some people are kind of speaking out, which which people will will commend, right? And then there's some people who kind of are on that wave of pandering to the not pandering so much but like voicing the opinions of the people online and in the streets that are saying fuck what celebrities think and i'm and again i'm with that whole notion of not idol worshiping right i think a lot of us kind of idol even people who claim they don't idol worship i think they do because again like let's say for example something gets leaked out about like let's say Chappelle, right i feel like a lot of these celebrities in a way, are fucking kind of going down in some fucking way. Like, that's why we're in this process right now. They're the the third-party types and the alt-right types are kind of training you to kind of hate these corporations, whether it's for their own sick agenda or for the fucking betterment of fucking society, right? So we're in this fucking process of basically eliminating uh, celebrity importance in all these issues, whatever, right? And again, maybe because it's supposed to be uh, a revolution of the fucking people. But I still think in in some regard, it's kind of dishonest in some way where we're making it seem like it's idol worship. But it's kind of acknowledgement of it's kind of acknowledgement that the that 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 people in the celebrity world have way more power, whether they're fucking using it for evil or using it for fucking good. See, the reason why I feel, it's not important, but the reason why I feel like when you shit on people for expecting that, it's like for the last several fucking years, or like, you know, for like, for maybe the whole history, there's been political causes that get praised and some get get criticized, right? So they've always shown like that they've spoken out on some fucking level. So why wouldn't you, again, like, you, you you blame the brainwashed, but you don't blame the system that brainwashed them to thinking that fucking way. You, you, you don't, like, you know, you know what I mean? So I feel like the hard sell, for example, it, it feels like because the reason why they're training you to think that way is because a lot of these quote-unquote celebrities are going to be revealed as Trump donors or Neil or, or something else where they align with uh, the, 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 the powerful elite type. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? People will say Chappelle didn't sell out, whatever, ever. But, I mean, to come back at that level. And again, I'm not saying he's an evil person. So don't, you know what I mean? And again, you don't even know what stuff he's probably done that's off the record. You know what I mean? I, he, he seems like someone that would actually put resources to fucking good causes. But he probably wouldn't want to put that out there. That's the kind of guy that he comes across to me. 
at least, you know what I mean? And again, this is not celebrity worship. I just think that there are some people who believe the system is fucking bullshit and cannot fucking say, uh, you know, too much. So they got to fucking do it within comedy. And Chappelle's always been one of the realer ones um, uh, who who's spoken out. When he brought up Chris Dorner, I thought he was really gonna fucking, you know, expo but again he 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 didn't go for the exposition. He went from well, the cop should have seen how they how like, you know, how uh one of their own has been kind of acting. Like like because he, he basically had a bunch of fucking the activities that Dorner had. Now I don't know if if like again again I never really bought into the official thing. I thought a lot of the stuff that happened they kind of, in in some personal way, fucking framed him a little bit, uh, to some degree. Um, you know what I mean? I I think maybe he was somebody that was trying to fucking expose expose it. I remember Robin did the story in two thousand nine when I think this is when the initial thing fucking happened, but then it carried on to like two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, I think. And the fact that Chappelle, again, maybe Chappelle's purpose of bringing him up, maybe he's again, an influential, influential comedian, right, that, like, him bringing that out in the, uh, him bringing that out in, in some fucking degree, um, is to leave it fresh in our fucking minds, so that, what's it called, maybe we'll find out more about, about Chris Dorner, because that, that story always seemed really fucking odd to me, that story always seemed really fucking suspicious. It seemed fucking really weird. They framed it as something going out of control. And again, you've seen how people cover up shit. So again, this is my theories. I don't have facts, obviously, right? Again, everything that I say on here, that I think at least, should be taken as a theory. Because I have some pretty fucked up theories. And again, that's probably why barely anyone's listening to me. And if they are, you know... I mean, I mean, I feel sorry for you. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to subject yourself to almost four hours of my inconsistent, incoherent thoughts. But, I mean, here you are, I guess, right? And again, I mean, this is not an attack on Chappelle. Because, again, I, I respect the man immensely. He's one of my... He's probably my favorite fucking comedian. He he was probably the main influence of why I kind of wanted to fucking do a... St I never did it because, you know, of fear. I, I thought... I I made I thought I paid my dues through the Stern show, because you know I was a known character, so like that was basically my abuse on a worldwide fucking audience, mentally and all that type of shit. So I felt like you know what I mean, and I I felt like I wanted to get my value, because most comedians will just do pay their dues by doing the open mics, right? And that's fine. I understand that you gotta do that, but I feel like you dismiss my me paying my dues, on some fucking level of taking abuse from a fucking billionaire uh, and his fucking followers, you know what I mean? So I, in my fucked up head, I, again, you know, it's my own fault for not doing it. Oh, a pandemic happened, I probably won't. But again, maybe, you know, uh, this podcast has kind of influenced me for when the economy opens back up or something like that. Maybe I can go and do an open mic or something like that. I don't know. So it's like, I, I've been saying this since 2006. But again, Chappelle's one of my motivations for uh, keeping me fucking funny and stuff like that. And I think that when I was more ignorant, uh, I could I could probably be one of those fucking guys that could be considered a uh, like you know the the catering to the wrong audience because when Chappelle would goof on other 
black issues or something like that. I think it opened up the world for like ignorant people to think they give them a license to basically make like not like it's one thing to laugh with like oh yeah that's a shitty situation but yeah it's it, it, there's like some like humor that you can fucking bring to it right and I think sometimes I've fallen for that because I I never understood when Chappelle fucking walked away from the millions, uh you know and I I never I didn't understand why he was one of the reasons was he was self conscious about the jokes he was making, and I was like, dude, who cares, the real ones are really gonna fuck with you, so who gives a fuck, but I mean, dude, like, that's kind of the reason why I kind of backed out of wanting to, uh, um, uh, cater to the lowest common denominator, and try to get people to see that they don't have to go through that fucking thing, whatever, whether it be on Periscope or fucking YouTube and all that, because I feel like, you know what I mean, like, you, you, even though you might not mean the stuff that you're fucking trying to say, and you're just being mean-spirited to be funny or all that type of shit, I feel like that also kind of encourages your audience to kind of treat people that fucking way. And that's, like, the one thing that the... And, and that's why I kind of resent when celebrities pretend like they have no influence. It's like, whether you realize it or not, you fucking have influence. And you should fucking own it. Stop pretending like, again, just, fu- again, maybe if you be honest, maybe like, I have to gravitate towards ignorant and have nuance because, you know, like, th- th- that's the goal that I wanted for fucking these fucking powerful people, whatever faction they're working for, to come out and fucking say something and actually establish what's been going on the last fucking, what changes have been um, implemented behind the fucking scenes. So there's more fucking. So at least you, at least you have give people the hope that there is like a powerful entity on their fucking side, which I personally do believe. But it's just gonna get a lot worse before it even gets better. You know. So I I I enjoyed the fucking. I just want to say I enjoyed the special, but I I wouldn't say it's the realest conversation, but it's probably the realest you'll probably ever get from somebody who's in the entertainment field, and that's why I kind of commend Chappelle, um, you know, for the fucking work and the influence that he's put forth in the comedy industry, and he's made people fucking really think. He he's uh to me a fucking he's I mean there's not celebrity worship but the guy is a fucking treasure to me man I I I love the fucking guy, and that's why it's gonna be so hard when like a lot of these celebrities are gonna be fucking you know canceled, because again like they've tricked again because like a lot of people are fucking stands some of them are employed stands, and all of that type of shit, and and guess what the uh, what to call when you know th- their favorite person is getting canceled it just brings more toxicity into the fucking into the public sphere because there's going to be people that are going to be doing what about this what about that when all of this is just all planned out to begin with it's all fucking scripted that's the fucking sad part about this fucking world is that it's fucking scripted and orchestrated in some fucking level like, do we have, again, you can't expect me to watch a fucking show like Westworld, okay, it's just a TV show, but guess what, motherfucker, they put predictive fucking programming, they're always hinting at shit, and I, I wish, I wish people would stop pussyfooting around it, even the interviews that these directors and writers give out on the fucking atmosphere is always to facilitate a new fucking narrative and storyline, so that's why you have guys like David Lindelof fucking saying some clueless ass shit 
in fucking interviews because even if he's more knowledgeable than what, what he thinks, we're diminishing the fucking power that these guys have because the fucking third parties, whether whatever side they're on, are the ones accumulating the fucking social consciousness into the fucking public atmosphere. I'm not saying it's done for the sake of evil, but I'm saying that it's still fucking orchestrated on some fucking level. That's why you see people getting upset about, you know, some of these social media influencers who are taking advantage of this of this fucking tragedy that's going on. But then it's like, are the people who are calling it out also a limited front that can call the stuff out? But even on some level, they're taking part in the discourse because they've also become characters on some level in the system. But they represent the fucking good, if that makes any sort of fucking sense. And then you fucking fathom in that, oh, you're saying these, pe- these people's deaths are, are planned out? These people's deaths are planned out? How can you say something? But uh, it doesn't matter. I don't want it to be that way. And I'm not saying that is the fucking way. But you, you can't tell me in a system where fucking, where they're always watching us, where fucking, where, where basically, you know, they're there to incite a fucking reaction from all of you that, that they couldn't be doing this. Like, someone could fucking really be dying, but you don't know what fucking, uh, what fucking advancements are done behind the fucking scene. And the fact that this Chauvin guy already seems like a different fucking person. You you can't fucking fault me for fucking again. Uh, again, people will say these theories. They they don't warrant you to. They don't warrant you to. Uh, um. Uh, uh. They don't warrant you to have a respectful discussion because they're so fucking crazy. Okay, cool. But you're also thinking in a limited neoliberal fucking bubble. You're also thinking in a limited leftist or right fucking wing populist bubble. You're also thinking in a fucking neoconservative fucking bubble. And the facts only are convenient for the time being until we decide that, oh, look, you, like for a while, the fact, the fact was all of the stuff that was celebrated, like all these statues were good things. Guess what? Now there's more truth. The narrative fucking changed. So now, so again, like again, the narrative could change again in a few fucking weeks. So when I fucking think that we're more advanced than we let on and then there's planted people who are meant for fucking sacrifices so that it brings on a fucking revolution. How, you know, again, that's fucking, that's fine. That's why I'm in my own fucking world. And again, that's why I'm owed no fucking respect by anybody because how can these thoughts process in your fucking head? But that's, you know, again, that's probably more reason why you shouldn't fucking trust Anything that I fucking say. But again, I'm allowed to have my fucking theories, whether you believe they're fucking crazy. Guess what else was a theory? The Iraq war was a fucking theory. And guess what? It got millions of people killed. And I'm still the same fucking people who are on fucking uh, on television right now, on these news programs, have been getting paid billions of fucking dollars for peddling fucking that kind of conspiracy. And again, the, again, you you can ban Alex Jones. You can fucking blacklist a lot of other fucking people. Uh, again, do I think those Alex Jones and all those guys, that's a marketing tool kind of in a way to make it seem like the right wing is fucking being fucking censored? Think the, the thing is that everyone's being fucking censored, even fucking leftist voices, even at assholes like me. I have to sit in their little corner, and that's fine. I, I, I would rather sit in my little corner putting out what I want to put out instead of fucking catering to what everybody fucking wants from me. And if you ride with it, you ride with it. If you don't ride with it, that's also fine. 
I don't expect anybody to ride with it. Again, you're riding on a fucking roller coaster right now, a bipolar coaster. By the way, I should I should make uh, uh, coasters you use for your like for drinks and just put the word bipolar in it. But then I'm like, is that subtle enough where you go, oh, look, bipolar, and it's on a coaster. So bipolar coaster, or should I just call it a bipolar coaster coaster? I don't fucking know. These are the thoughts that go into my fucking head. Um, yeah, I'll just take a little break and I'll go into the rest. I just didn't want to start off with the wrestling because, again, you know, I, the, the, the Chappelle shit. When Chappelle fucking does something, it, it brings something out of me. It, it makes me want to reflect and think and start acting a little bit more funny again. It gives me this confidence boost. And something when he comes out and he's speaking like a real human being to everybody, I, I appreciate it. Again, it was weird just seeing a fucking comedy, a comedy special um, post-pandemic where people are wearing masks and it's all spaced out, you know? Like, you can, again, like, who should know that those people weren't, like, those people could have been employed fucking trolls that do do online work and they were granted the, 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 the special of being allowed to grace Chappelle's uh, presence and all that type of stuff, you know what I mean? Or suppose I mean they're they're rewarded with Chappelle gracing them with their presence, you know what I mean? Chappelle wouldn't care if these people are gracing with his presence. No, but like you know, that's just the way I fucking see it. Anyways, um, just give me a few minutes. I just but again, you know, um, go watch the special. It's on uh YouTube. It's probably the first thing you search. Probably the first thing that pops up when you search Dave Chappelle. Very, you know, very, very, very enlightening. Again, you know, Chappelle does it. And even though I think he's winding down on his career a little bit, you know, he still has it in him, you know. he He's going to be like George Carlin where, like, this guy will be fucking 70. And he, by the time he's 70, he'll probably start saying, like, the realest, the realest, real, real, real shit, you know. I still want to know if he's a, if that's a shikla. he. I hope one time in the specials he at least acknowledges that there's theories out there that he's a clone. I I I I really I really hope one day he does that. And he didn't even acknowledge the uh, Azalea Banks thing. But I don't think this was a special for it. It was done on June sixth. So this guy like used a react. So obviously after it wasn't like oh he filmed this before. But you know what? It didn't even fucking matter. He didn't have to fucking address it because this was a more important thing. You know what I mean? Like he he says that like celebrities. You know again, what do you think? You shouldn't expect a celebrity to speak out. But then he comes out and he speaks out. So like I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's a good thing. But again, at the same time, he's kind of countering his own fucking narrative a little bit by 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 at least you know because he he had to be he had to be the first one to do the fucking public concert thing so obviously he was in some he was in line to be the first guy and i and again i i, I applaud the decision by the fucking uh the 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 the, the decision makers that you know personally uh, planned this shit out Chappelle is going to go down as a, one of the biggest legends, but I'm, I'm afraid that, like, a lot of these guys are going to be revealed as being fucking, uh, uh, being revealed as being fucking, uh, you know, the way they're, they're going to go heel is that they're going to be that they're, they're actually Trump supporters. And again, like, he's putting out a lot of good input, output right now with his work, that there's going to be people that are going to fucking defend him, basically, if that's revealed, basically. You know what I mean? The same ones that say don't idol worship are going to be the ones idol worshiping him 
if he's revealed as... Again, and I'm not hoping for this. I'm just saying that the way I see the patterns playing out with all these celebrities who are saying the most pretentious fucking shit... Yeah, you know what I mean? There's there's something to that fact that, you know, um, maybe th- these cancellations are fucking planned out on some level. It's all facilitating. That's why you got Howard Stern now. The, the whole blackface thing is fucking taking a muck now. All these corporations are... All these corporations are making it seem like, you know, and Robbie Martin said it, like, it's not a bad thing that there, it's this co-option, co-opting going on. But the co-opting has to be called out, but it seems like, and he put it perfectly on his YouTube stream that he does main politics on. Uh, he said something like uh, um, that, he, that he, it feels like the support for Black Lives Matter is an, it's like a limited front where it comes across like in the mid-2000s when suddenly all these fucking liberals were anti-Iraq anti, uh, anti war. But they only kept it at the Iraq war. No one wanted to ever fucking, um, you know, uh, bring along the fucking notion that this it, the World Trade Center shit could have been an inside job. No one wanted to even... Some 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 celebrities were kind of hinting at that for a bit. It seemed like there was some awakening. And I think that was to keep us more fucking militant about this fucking thing. And then at some point, a lot of these people fucking sold out. And now suddenly that was never a narrative to be spoken about again. Suddenly they, br- they bring it back up and they're like, you're fucking... Same people that would be like, you're crazy f- for thinking this. Back then were kind of entertaining with their anti-Bush narrative. And it felt like, yeah, a limited front. So that's why this, this whole Black Lives Matter thing feels like a limited front as well in some, in some, in some regard. Where, yeah, they're, they're basically setting, like, they're basically kind of making, in some ways they're making you kind of m- more against racism and actually um, thinking about these matters. But then sooner or later it's going to be revealed that some of these guys are... Um, some of these guys are just f- for, like, some of these guys are just for, um, um, that are just pretending, but, the, 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 like, they don't actually fucking care. And I'll get into that later, but let me start with the AEW stuff, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go back to some of the topics. I might have to split this podcast up, but I did want to start off with the Chappelle shit, and, again, it was a really good special, so go out and watch it, and, uh, th- uh you know what I mean? So I'll be back in one second. Hey guys, thank you very much. Big win, big debut for FTR here in AEW. Exactly what you wanted to do, right? Oh yeah, this is it. This is the pinnacle of professional wrestling. And on top of that, it's the pinnacle of tag team wrestling. Now, you've got the absolute What's best. All right, Young yep. Bucks. Young Bucks have something to say here. The rivalry between the Bucks and FTR goes back years. We don't years. want to be rude or anything. We just actually wanted to come out here and congratulate you guys. That match was great. You're not wrong. Not only that, I mean, we also actually wanted to come out here and say thank you. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you guys sort of helped us out of a jam. And while we appreciate the sentiment... We also couldn't help but notice that you two sort of failed to properly introduce yourselves to us. That's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Since, since we're all standing here in this ring right now, maybe we could do that thing right now, right? My name's Matt. 
This is my brother Nick. We've been carrying tag team wrestling solely on our backs for the past decade and a half. We're the best tag team in AEW. We're the Young Bucks. It's so nice to meet you. Finally. last week but everybody should have been talking about you everybody should have been talking about your journey the fact that you debuted in this tournament 
The fact you debuted in this tournament, went all the way to the finals, and you won. You deserve Phantasma to be the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. I know I can beat you. If you give me another opportunity at the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Do you? Sí? Claro que sí. Sí. It's the two masked men again. These two trying to get involved in the tournament finals match last week. They're trying to go after Phantasma multiple times. Yeah, Maverick and Phantasma standing in the center of the ring trying to keep the masked men at bay. You know their intentions can't be good. Oh, 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 oh what about El Eo del Phantasma's intentions? Oh, oh my God! God. Yeah, wait a minute! El Eo del Phantasma and the two masked men just beating down Drake Maverick so much for respect and sportsmanship from the new NXT Cruiserweight Champion. from NXT and uh, AEW. So I just took three random clips that, you know, I thought could kind of at least like summarize a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, let me start with, uh, you know, um, let me start with uh, AEW. Um, it opened up with uh, Butcher and Blade versus um, The Revival, which I thought, you know, listen, I thought they were going to wait for their debut. I would have waited for their debut, but... I think after like the match, I think I know where they're kind of going with it, especially with like Sabian and Havoc attacking Bucks and them afterwards. But it started out with uh, Dax and uh, uh, Dax and uh, you know Blade. Oh, no, no, sorry, Butcher. And then you know the, the, they're wrestling around for a bit, and uh, the the coaches are watching them. You know, there's a shoulder block. You know, roll up. The you know when you. Go both go to the ring and then Butcher and Blade were doing a lot of good tag teaming as well. Like they were, you know what I mean. Like it was like more on like the it was fo- focused more on like um, the, the 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 constant tags in in the match. Some parts I thought looked kind of fucking sloppy. You know what I mean. But it seemed like you know uh, you know. Uh, um, g- I, I can't get used to the fucking names and all that, but it seemed like Cash was the guy that was taking the punishment for the mo- for the most part, where he would, like, you know, he, he, he had offense in, obviously, but it seemed like he was the one designed to give, uh, um, 
he was the one designed to give uh, uh, the hot tag to uh, Dax. Again, it's hard to remember their names because it's it's Dawson and fucking it's Dawson and Dawson and Wilder for me still. You know what I mean? So like Dax and Cash, and I gotta remember who it is. Um, but yeah, like like you know, a, a lot of like holding him in there. There was a power slam at some point. Uh, then finally the hot tag gets made, and then uh, D- D- Dax does his fucking moves, and then he does like a, a couple of, like leg sweeps to uh, b- b- butcher uh, to the blade. I know, b- yeah. Again, I forget. I keep forgetting who's fucking who, man. B- butcher is the fucking guy who is uh, the, the the former front man of that band, right? They do power again. They do power and glory's fucking spot. They do uh, pow- power and glory's fucking spot where you know the suplex off the rope, and then he does that and he does that. They even give the fuck. They call it now the uh, they call it the midnight uh, the mid. I forget what it's called. Hold on a second. I forget what it's called. Um, it's it's something with like incorporating the midnight express or something like that. But people were calling it. Uh, people were calling it. Uh, um, uh, people wanted it to be called the Crockett, uh, the Crockett, the Crockett Launcher or something like that. I, I, I would have, I would have not minded that. They should have done that, but they, but then they, had, so they did their old move, the Shatter Machine. But now it's called something else, and I, I can't remember it from the life of me. I could fucking, you know, hold on one second. I could just play this fucking clip and see what it is. Oh. Maybe he's, he's just guarding Telly in case anybody tries to take a shot. Oh, oh, two. Hold on. He's got, he's got, Hold on. It's a big move. Oh, oh, that could. They're looking for a full death, but no. Yeah, it's called the Goodnight Express. The Goodnight Express. You see, I'm, 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 I'm kind of in, in a way playing the fucking clips, whatever. But yeah, so they do the Goodnight Express, and then they finish the match off with the fucking spike pile driver. Um, which, which was a cool, which was a cool move. Also a good visual of Jake Roberts and, uh, Art Anderson and Tully Blanchard just, mo- just taking notes on these guys. I personally hope they go with the, uh, I personally hope they go with the, um, with Tully Blanchard as their manager, if they do have a manager. You know what I mean? Because again, right now they're they're tweeters right now, where they're obviously kind of heelish, but they're not. You know, but they're like not uh, totally, like totally committed to the role right now because they're teasing respect with the Bucks a little bit, to some degree. Even though they didn't fucking show them respect that they admire them as actual great wrestlers, but they didn't want an excuse or whatever to be made. So the Bucks come out after their post-match interview, and then, uh, Matt Jackson, Matt, Matt, Matt Jackson does the talking, which, again, again, I haven't seen all, all of their promos they've ever done in the history of wrestling from their whole entire careers, but this one seemed to be one of the more solid ones, and they, and they kind of fall into the Hardy category sometimes, even though they're better actors than Hardys, it, it still doesn't come across, like, you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 I guess the, the, they were basically training for this moment to be something that would have been hot in front of the fucking crowd with the way that they're emphasizing the words and the fucking tone that they were using. And, you know, basically introducing themselves and not being, uh, not taking like, taking it, you know, lightly that they kind of, 
weren't 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 given respect when they first made their debuts, and then of course. Butcher and Blade come and attack, and then for some reason Havoc and Sabian came, and then Omega and Paige came out to fucking break it up a little bit, so you get that fucking shot of them uh, with the the champions, saying basically telling you that these are the three teams you gotta look out for, basically. And again, you know, I I I don't know who should beat Omega and thing. People are saying the best friend should beat them, but I personally think it'd be more insult to injury if you had uh the fdr do it because they're beating fellow um fellow uh elite members but i think for fighter fest i think this is where it's going that's the reason why they had sabian and uh havoc just get involved i think it's going to be an eight-man tag at fighter fest it'll be it'll probably be them just one-upping each other on how good of a tag team they are and again i'm not opposed to that but i mean that's to me, that's where it seems to be fucking going if you want my fucking opinion um you know uh what else did we have next here um uh, i i have my notes i have some notes written yeah okay, so yeah then we had uh Penelope Ford and uh Nyla Rose against Sheeta and Statlander which, which, which again, I'm, I'm glad that the women are getting more fucking, you know, focus now. But it seems like throwing them in random tag matches sometimes, I don't know, like, it just seems still kind of lifeless. There was a, there was a promo with, uh, with, uh, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. Apparently they're gonna get a title match next week. And again, there's been a storyline developing on Dark, where Allie, who was the bunny in Butcher and the Blade... Now kind of dropping her gimmick, and now she's kind of, like, seducing QT Marshall and, um, you know, Brandy Rhodes. It's kind of awkward, because Brandy Rhodes is just, like, some default manager. I guess because she's a part of the Nightmare family, essentially, right? That, you know, like, that they... Uh, she's managing. So there's kind of, like, the, the tease. I mean, it hasn't really developed super... It's just more that, like... He he's like not focused, and that you know she's kind of distracting him. And I guess maybe she'll either motivate, or maybe this is like a fucking plan. Maybe it's a plan by Butcher and Blade to get them a fucking feud on some level. I don't know what the whole plan is with seducing QT Marshall, but if you're giving him a storyline, go ahead. And oh yeah, and by, and by the way, what's it called? Uh, it, it it made it made fucking you know wrestling news for some odd reason that Howard Stern. Was um I guess because Rusty was ever randomly fucking reported it that Howard Stern made mention to Goldust because they played Tourette's his Tourette's shit on uh he played his Tourette shit on uh on on air like when Goldust was doing that and that's always been a recurring fucking audio drop that they use at times you know what I mean with with Goldust doing that shit. And Howard always asks, eventually, like, whenever they play it, time and time, he'll ask, you know, what, what happened to this guy? I remember in 2008, um, he brought it up. And uh, and then I, I didn't even know that Goldust, because, again, I didn't really listen to a lot of the show back in the day. I was, like, a serious, like, I, I was there for the serious days. And then I kind of went back to different bits that they played. So at that time, I didn't even know. I knew that wrestlers went on, but I didn't even know Goldust was on there. But apparently, time to time, Howard would play clips. Like, he would cover shit. Like, he would cover the Billy and Chuck wedding shit. He would cover Stephanie, uh, you know, the, because, again, because when Stephanie Eggman went in, 
and uh, um, and uh, then uh, um, Howard goes, yeah, Artie's been working on his Eric Bischoff impression. And the impression that he was working on was from the time of the Billy and Chuck wedding where uh, he's playing the fucking priest, right? So again, so I knew that Howard had people on from WWE, but you know, being a wrestling fan and a Stern fan, it was cool to go back because of seeing, uh, you know, some of the interviews with Rock or Triple H, or you know what I mean. Um, but again, so then I called in, and then I, I, I wasn't watching TNA as much, but I remember that Goldust was in, uh, Dustin Rhodes was in TNA, and I, I, I botched the name. I said Purple Rain. But it was really black rain, to like you know, gold dust, black rain. You know what I mean? So, so again, I said purple rain, and Howard goes, "Does he come out to Princess Purple Rain, whatever?" But apparently, Howard brought it up uh, about Goldust, where he is at right now, and then he got mentioned of it. And he goes, "Oh, he's an AEW," and Robin goes, "Oh, I think that's some backyard wrestling federation." And again, like again, I don't know where that's going. But that was done on purpose because maybe it's to prove that Howard is actually a wrestling fan and he's just playing dumb. Because he did send Shuli to StarCast. So he obviously has some idea of what the fuck it is. Even though he's probably going to deny it. Or is it supposed to prove that he's such a WWE... He's actually a loyalist to WWE even though he says he's not a wrestling fan. That he is uh, uh, going to be revealed as being someone that's kind of being anti-AEW on WWE's behalf on some level. But me personally, it, it just it's, it just seemed like a another planted seed uh, of something being revealed because for some reason, why, again, like d- d- uh, d- Howard has mentioned WWE often here and there. He's mentioned it. I've been on the fucking thing trying to say that, oh, CM Punk should come on and Howard kind of making mention of it a little bit, right? Why was that ever any kind of fucking news? Why wasn't Bobby Roode uh, news, like the a big news with when, when he was feeding with Eric the actor? All of a sudden, this is the thing that gets covered. And I think there's going to be something that's going to be revealed because, again, nothing just gets covered for the sake of it. It's supposed to establish that something is going to be revealed revealed sometime soon so anyways so yeah so the, so again i should mention that but yeah the the sheeta and um sheeta and statlander against thing was all right you know basically the heels get the fucking advantage um, at the beginning of it i think rose and statlander are starting out they there's double teaming with ford and them um you know uh she she avoids getting fucking uh thrown over their backs basically you know like uh, uh, a uh, what's that fucking move called man uh, dude, I, I don't. This is why I don't do the moves where you kind of like toss them over your fucking head when you're running there. But she avoided that by kicking them, and then it was basically her and Nyla Rose. She got like a uh, you're running to the corner with the elbow. Sheeta then got in and did some moves, you know, and then uh, back to Statlander that came back in. It was like you know, Rose body slams her at some point as a leg drop and. Um, has her in a hold where, you know, she breaks out of, she kind of somersaults out of it in a way. Um, then, you know, Ford and Sheeta come in, they're there, and then 
um, she, to- uh, Shida tosses, Shida tosses her into, like, the, the rope where she's laying on top of the fucking rope, and then she does a running kick to her while she's in the fucking, on top of the rope still, like, you know, laying across it, she fucking does a running knee from the outside, running, uh, missile drop kick from the top rope, a suplex, uh, what else did I have down here, then her and Statlander do a double backbreaker together, and then the attack Rose, um, Statlander has a, a suplex, and then Ford kind of does a, her own suplex by reversing it. Statlander breaks out of uh, uh, Nyla Rose's fireman's carry, and then she does a fucking brutal fucking kick to her head. That was fucking, that was dope. Um, what they called, uh, Ford actually did uh, Tristratus's The Matrix move, where she kind of bends backwards to avoid a fucking clothesline. Again, it wasn't as done as well as Tristratus's, but, I mean, she hits kind of like a stunner move on her and stuff like that. Um, what else happened? Sheeta she, she, uh, she got Nyla Rose with a suplex. Uh, um, Statlander did, like, a, a running scissors kick. Not not as good as Alicia Fox's running kick. Uh, that was only a two-count. Um, she she got back in there and, you know, working on Nyla Rose... Nyla Rose put her, put both Statlander put Statlander and uh, uh, Sheeta onto the ropes, and then she did a uh, the double fucking knee to both of them. Both of them, I think, she only got one of them. And then uh, when uh, when when uh, she was about to do some power bomb, Ford was gonna do a spring 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 up on the fucking middle ropes, basically on like on the the middle part of like the the top rope, basically. Um, and she got pulled. She got pulled down by Statlander, and that that looked fucking brutal. Um, Sheeta did a running fucking knee. Uh, then it was Statlander and Sheeta in the ring, and you know there was like a Michinoku driver type of shit where you know she's doing it. Kip Sabian got involved. Statlander did a fucking running suplex, and uh, with the fucking weapon, with, with I think the title, I think Statlander used the belt and did the uh, kind of like uh, her version of like a of, of a fucking perfect plex. It kind of looks like that. Again, uh, sorry for not fucking having the exact moves down, but it looked it looked like a fisherman suplex, basically her version of it. You know, and then it, for some reason, like you know, Rose just walks to the back. She doesn't do any post interview for some odd reason. It's like, it, I guess it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter if she does or not. You know what I mean? But I, I'm just saying that like it just seems weird because normally you do one, but it just seems like they always kind of focus on her walking to the back. And then we got Darby Allen with fucking Tony Hawk. I don't even know how relevant Tony Hawk is in the in this day and age, but I mean it's a pretty cool fucking thing. And he's like, he's he's saying, oh, you can recoup over here, and then it just shows him kind of doing a stunt from the uh, from the ladder, and he keeps falling off, and then he just keeps trying it over and over again, where he's trying to slide down the ladder, and he eventually gets it. And I don't know, I don't know the fucking point, other than you know, just having a random, uh, you know. You know, thing again. Uh, you know, hold on one second. Fucking, I thought I pressed the X when I'm fucking recording, man. I'm, I apologize for just randomly. Um, they showed a a a, a Britt Baker um video of her fucking, you know, basically treating Rebel like shit. And she's, like, recuperating, so she's doing the exercises and all that. Again, this is a good way to keep her on TV for the, for the time being and all that type of shit. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, but again, you know, it's just, it, it just what is what it is, man. I, I, again, like, I, I don't know how long she's going to be out for. The next match was um, Hager and Pride and, uh, Proud and, 
proud and powerful versus uh you know Santana Ortiz versus um best friend in Orange Cassidy, which was, I, I guess is supposed to be setting up that Orange Cassidy is facing Jericho, so you're putting him against inner circle guys and all that. Or, or, Ortiz, Ortiz, uh, no, sorry, Santana. Um, I, I keep forgetting who fucking, uh, who, who Santana, which one is Santana, which one is Ortiz sometimes. Sometimes I, I, forget, I, I, forget, I forget. Hold on one second. Just looking again. I'm looking. Yeah, okay, so it's, okay. Ortiz is the one with like the fur, with the with the hair and the fur who makes the funny fucking faces. You know what I mean? With the cold Santana looks like uh, looks like more the straight shooter more. But yeah, he was the one that started out with uh, Trent in the ring. They fucking exchange fucking. The exchange, you know, there's a kick. There's like a fucking move to the corner. You know, uh, uh, you know, a fucking chop to the corner and all that type of shit. Um, he threw him to the corner one time, and then he basically missed an missed a fucking elbow elbow to the corner. Basically, um, Trent does a fucking nice fucking suplex. Uh, or, or, uh, Ortiz comes in. Ortiz gets a fucking you know a little bit the double teaming with the uh, double teaming with the fucking uh, with uh, tr- with Chucky. Where they basically did the move, like, eat defeat, basically, with, like, Trent basically, like, facilitating it to some degree, you know what I mean? Like, it, it looked like one of those, when it looks similar to, like, a move that I go, okay, I don't know what it's fucking called, but, you know, again, a spring a springboard from Trent to Hager, and then, uh, 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 what's it called, uh, I think Santana was the one that dived out on, uh, best friends, basically, and uh, I think at some point, um, at some point, oh no, no, it was Chucky e. T on Pride and Powerful. Sorry, then, then, uh, then, uh, then, uh, um, then Trent speared both of Pride and Powerful. Again, you know, I'm looking at some of the clip right here a little bit just to fucking guide me through it a little bit, because sometimes the highlights kind of guide me through it, so I can at least show you some of the fucking. I at least can memorize some of the highlight because sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you know what I mean. But again, no, no one's really coming here for the thing. But Hager has control of the match a little bit. Then uh, you know, Pride and Powerful have control over over Chucky e. T. So he's the guy that's supposed to make the fucking hot tag. Then you know, Trent comes in eventually, and then you know he has like that spinning DDT that he does uh, from the ropes. Orange Cassidy comes in. I guess this is where it all starts, where he does his typical thing, and he keeps escaping the fucking moves when he's pretending that he's not trying. He basically, you know, does a double her Karana to Pride and Powerful. At some point, he 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 he, he when uh Santana was running at him on uh, when at the on the ropes, he basically jumps over um Santana and he um, does a fucking body press onto uh onto Ortiz. And then uh, a spinning DDT, which was sold like fucking dope, right? It was sold fucking dope. Hager does it, catches them off with a fucking suplex. They break up the fucking pin. Hager fucking clotheslines Trent out of the fucking way. And then uh, they do heart uh, heart the poetry in motion, but instead of doing the fucking, the, 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 like the leg, the leg, they do a fucking, uh, um, Santana does a fucking, uh, uh, a cart, a cart, a cartwheel splash onto fucking, uh, um, Cassidy in the corner, 
and then um, they set him up for like the like the uh, like the Legion of Doom fucking spy, and then uh, um, uh, Cassidy fucking you know basically whoever's fucking shoulders he was on, he basically kind of maneuvered in maneuvered enough into a fucking roll a roll up pinup, and then Jericho came out, and then they attacked him basically, and they bloodied. Orange Cassidy, so you know, blood orange, and then of course, and by the way, I'm um I don't know if like there's again they shouldn't again they he called the bat Floyd right the bat the black bat that he had and that was before the incident happened right so again like I don't think they're gonna be referring to that bat as Floyd as it wouldn't be a fucking a good look but another thing that was wasn't really a good look was bringing out a bag of fucking oranges to fucking. I, I I get you wanted to do the fucking you know you you wanted to do this uh oh look man his name is Orange Cassidy so we should just hit him with a bag of oranges like that you know what I mean it just seems like unnecessary use of resources you know what I mean like those oranges could have been used and then the, and then all of them were eating the fucking oranges like fucking so and like it was coming out of Jericho's mouth and there was a close up of it it was like so fucking stupid you know what I mean you could have saved that shit you know. Donate that shit, you know, donate to people that are fucking hungry. And then, of course, MJF, then later on, uh, he cuts a fucking promo. Basically, you know, just letting you know that he's he, he he's in the title contention. And then he deserves a title. And he's basically putting it over. And then he simultaneously disses. He's like, it's like, it's like they put this, it's like even in storyline, they basically frame this where... He had no choice but to fucking make fun of fucking Austin Gunn and Billy Gunn. And Billy Gunn took exception to that about about his son being called talentless. So I guess they're setting up a match with Billy Gunn and MJF. So I guess MJF wins. Maybe MJF fucking fights him at a... Again, I think MJF should get a title shot at Fighter Fest maybe. But maybe they're saving that for All Out. Maybe they're making that one like a few to revisit. So it's like, you know... I thought it. I thought otherwise. You know, so far it it was a pretty good fucking show that was moving on pretty fast. I thought, but again, I I just don't have any interest in seeing Billy Gunn and uh, you know what I mean. Then he asked Wardlow to get involved when he was like confronting him. You know, and then what else was it? Uh, they they focused heavy on Colt Cabana, um, um, being teased to join the Dark Order and all of that type of shit. So again, you know, Sammy Guevara and and uh, Cole Cabana came out. Sammy Guevara came out in the uh, in the uh, in the scooter, but he's like, you know, still wrestling. And then Cole Cabana fucking pushes the scooter out for no reason, whatever. And then you see like you know uh, Guevara fucking kissing the fucking scooter. Uh, you know, uh, again, those chops, headlock, and all that type of shit, it's to see mo- mostly, like, you know, Gav- it was meant for Guevara to be selling, and then Coca Bana did a, cur- uh, you know, a, her- a corkscrew Karana kind of, in a way, and then, uh, he-, he was out of the fucking ring, Guevara did a nice fucking, like, a nice, like, variation of fucking running outside and jumping on the fucking guy by, like, uh, you know, um, not like a four fifty, but like kind of like a di di like in a more diagonal ma- manner than than an actual four fifty. This is what happens when you don't fucking memorize a move. You take it for granted that other people know, uh, know the moves and all that. Um, Guevara has them in a fucking fireman's carry. Uh, 
Cabana gets out of that. They, 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 there's a, you know, um, when uh, Guevara jumps off the rope, they jump off the rope, he jumps off, knowing that Cabana has backed away, and he runs, and Cabana is, like, basically, like, like, it's like luring him in with his feet, basically, and he just fucking kicks uh, Guevara. That, I thought that that spot was pretty funny. Elbow drops here and there. Uh, Cabana did a fucking uh, the the one the one thing I like about Cabana is when uh he when basically he does he does a, 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 a he goes off the rope and he knows he's gonna probably miss the miss this so he basically anticipates missing this so that he lands on his feet but then he does an extra splash from the fucking from on the ring you know what I mean I thought I always enjoyed that I enjoyed that spot for some odd reason even though it doesn't seem that that's too effective and all that uh Guevara tried to do a springboard off the ring and then uh uh Cabana caught hit caught him and then uh, basically like you know threw him threw him back into the ring and then he basically does his moonsault um he got a two count on that one uh what's it called uh Cole Cabana fucking you know he uh tried to car- do a fireman's carry with him on the th- uh, on the rope and um uh he he basically tried to carry him on a rope but then Guevara basically escaped that and then did his finish where you know he has you like you know b- b- up backwards uh you know like you know not backwards but he has you like reverse in a fireman's carry and then he basically flips you over and the 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 knee fucking thing hits you i thought it was a good match and then uh um and and and, and this time it seemed like this loss was the one that really kind of affected uh Affected Cabana because now it brought out Stu Grayson and uh, Evil Evil Uno who have been kind of you know not not around during this pandemic. So I'm I'm glad they're around because I think that sometimes Brody Brody Lee hasn't really been much of a talker in WWE, and I don't think his promos are fucking delivering on the level that they probably anticipate that they should. I feel like even if you're not a fan of fucking Grayson or Evil Uno's mic skills, I think them kind of taking the reins of the mic skills and leaving Brody as this uh, silent leader in a way at times, I think it comes across a lot better. If if I was going to choose who to fucking speak, who I I would have to fucking, you know, uh, uh, who I would choose to fucking be the spokespeople for it, I would choose uh, Evil Uno to, and, and Stu Grayson to be the guys who do most of the, the mic work and have, you know what I mean? But I guess maybe maybe that was the fucking plan, right? Maybe that was the plan, but Brody had a fucking, they had a, you know, kind of, uh, they kind of had to, you know... Um, just go with, with with whatever there were whatever was available with them for sorry available for them to you know to you know to you to like capitalize on because again you, i mean you could have done fucking um stuff from you know mail like you know posted it posted from uh from uh canada where evil uno and them were they're doing some online stuff anyways but again all of them came out um to basically Get offer Cabana to offer Cabana um a spot, and Cabana did follow them into their part of the entrance. Like he didn't go through the through the good guy entrance. He went through the bad guy entrance, and then he went to go. And then you know he, he she was awaiting backstage. The interview was waiting backstage, 
and then he basically came in and he basically went to the locker room. So, again, where I think this could go is that Cole Cabana, we could see a darker Cole Cabana where he is an actual heel and maybe he's prominent. But to me, this seems like this seems like something that could be just a fucking storyline where Cabana's still going to be goofy, then he'll maybe be heel for a bit, and then it's uh, and then he kind of breaks out of it. I don't think, even if he joined in, I don't think it was going to be a permanent solution to him. I don't think it would. But, I mean, it could bring a good change to him for the time being, if you want my honest opinion. Because, again, his character, again, maybe his character needs to, like, broaden, broaden its horizon instead of being the same fucking guy. I mean, they did tease something in ROH when he did turn heel um, against Dalton Castle. And I thought we were going to see like a, a newer Hulk Cabana there because he was showing some viciousness when he did turn heel. But then he just ended up being a fucking commentator and he ended up becoming a good guy anyways again. So I don't, you know what I mean? So I don't, I, I don't, I, I didn't see what the point of doing that heel turn when it didn't fucking amount to anything. So maybe this one in AW, maybe it'll amount to something. Uh, Sammy Guevara did a fucking promo afterwards. Uh, he did a promo afterwards. And it was just basically him shit-talking, which was which was funny. Then Matt Hardy came out, basically wanting him, like, you know, like, you know, uh, like, I, I mean, to, like, I, I don't know what they're fucking teasing with Matt Hardy and him. Like, I, I, I really, I really don't. Like, I, I don't know, all of a sudden, Matt Hardy's focused on him more but he keeps telling like him like, like you remind me of of a like a young hardy boy but this guy is going to pirate party saying they remind him of a of a young hardy boy so i don't know what the what the fucking point of all of this is but i i wasn't into this because he was transforming to all kinds of fucking characters and normally they've done it so i, I don't i don't understand like is he like having a mental fucking breakdown where he's breaking in to all of his fucking his old character he's breaking into damascus he's breaking into um Matt Hardy version one from WWE, where like he has the the mat the mat facts and all that type of shit. I forget what they even call it in there, or whatever you know. But um, but I mean yeah. So like I mean the the, the, the I I didn't under I didn't understand I didn't understand it. I I I don't know what they're trying to do with 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 Matt Hardy and him. Um, there was also a a, a vignette um of. There was also a vignette of Joey Janela not taking his loss as well. And then he's, like, kind of going home drunk from a bar. And then Sonny Kiss shows up in her, in, in, in her, in her, in her car. I'm oh, sorry, his car. Again, again, the whole conversation about how uh, Sonny Kiss doesn't mind the um, he or she pronouns because uh, cause he, cause he goes by both. So, again, don't fucking accused me of misgendering him. I, I, I wasn't. It just, that has been fresh in my mind since, because again, I, I didn't realize that he, I thought JR fucked up by misgendering her, uh, misgendering him uh, and or her or whatever, and then he basically, and then he, he corrected the fan who accused him of it by saying, no, he goes by both pronouns. I, he, he or she told me, and then she agreed with, she, he, Guys, it's so fucking confusing, man. I, I, I honestly, I, again, I'm trying, I'm trying to learn. I'm, I, I can barely retain fucking what I fucking learned like fucking twenty four hours ago. So it's hard for me to fucking do it. I'm tr trust me. I'm not trying to be a disrespectful fucking cunt or anything like that. All right, I'm, I'm trying to be a fucking good ally. But you, you got to admit that some of this shit's fucking confusing, especially for a fucking dumbed down person like me. Okay, I'm not as smart as you. Okay, I, I, I I'm, I'm not. I mean, no moss, no moss. All right. So, so, like, you know what I mean? Um, 
let me take one break. Let me get water, all right, man. Let's, let me take a little fucking break. Sorry about that. I, I listen, man. Sometimes I, I kind of, I kind of uh, overwhelm myself, and then I just need a fucking drink. But then uh, after that vignette, so again, I don't know where Janella and Sunny Kiss. Are. I think they're teasing a fucking tag team. I think. Unless they're teasing, like, they're gonna be romantically involved in some way, maybe. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe that's a fucking story. Or, or is it gonna be, like, another odd couple, uh, another odd couple kind of thing where, like, you know, uh, somebody who's more feminine is with somebody, and, and I don't know, maybe it'll create some fucking hilarious hijinks and odd couple, odd couple fucking sketches or some fucking shit. But I do think Sunny Kiss needs to be featured more. Because listen, I uh, I forget what um his name was in um in uh, in Lucha Underground, but that was the first time that I saw him in in there, and I thought for, like, I thought it was just gonna be like another like you know eye candy character who's just gonna uh, be the butt of the fucking like jokes and all that. But they actually made him like very very credible in there. Like some of the matches that they, again maybe because like uh, Lucha Underground has like the. The, 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 uh, the, the advantage of editing and all that, but I always thought that, like, some of the matches came across, like, really, really stiff and all that, and, 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 you know what I mean, and even though the, the later seasons weren't fucking revered as, like, the first fucking season was, I still thought that Sunny Kiss, um, was, was, uh, was probably, like, one of the highlights of that, of the, of the later seasons when, uh, when he was on, and I, I thought, I, so when, so when, like, there was, like, one person at my gym when we were talking about AEW, he didn't know much about it, you know what I mean, and again, he's kind of, kind of coming across a little homophobic a little bit, because he's, like, kind of weirded out that, oh my, and I'm like, no, 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 man, and I go, yo, the, the Sunny Kiss, yo, he, he's pretty fucking good, he's, like, pre- he, he's, like, a really good worker, I, I, you know what I mean, but he hasn't been able to show it other than, like a few battle royals or a couple of dark matches, but I if this lets him or her show, uh, you know the, um, the personality more. I'm all I'm all for it, but cause I, cause I know in ring that that uh that Sunny Kiss is actually fucking good. Uh, Janela, I'm kind of indifferent on because like sometimes he just does. Sometimes I just feel like he does hardcore matches for the sake of doing hardcore matches. He's kind of in like that havoc territory for me, where like you know what I mean, like and some of the real life stuff with him getting into with Enzo, like it, it just really hasn't endeared me really to him. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with the fucking guy or anything like that, but I mean. He, He's not a bad worker, so maybe this, maybe this tag team will, if if they're forming a tag team, maybe it'll actually be something that will turn into being like gold for the fucking company. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, instead of just randomly pairing them together, you're giving us a vignette about their journey about it, and it seems like it's going to continue on. Um, Moxley came was walking to the arena and. He interviewed Alex Marvez more and more every week. It looks like Steve Higgins from uh, Jimmy Fallon's show. It's like he's dressing up as like he's basically like if it was Steve Higgins during like one of these funny fucking sketches or something like that. You know what I mean? But anyways, Moxley cut a good promo. I guess maybe he heard my podcast maybe where I said that his character shouldn't really like like even though like I like the, the the angle of okay yeah he can't wait till they fucking collide in and all that I just felt it was a little toned down for Moxley like he should still like he, like there's a way for him to show that he he acknowledges how big of big and bad he is but that like he's still a disrespectful piece of shit kind of in a way in his promos and it felt like this and, and the tone it felt like a really classic Moxley fucking promo where he basically 
Hopefully, suddenly, I guess it, you can say that maybe Taz has been running his mouth on AEW Dark a little bit. So maybe that's a reason for him now to be motivated, to be pissed off. But if you didn't watch Dark or anything like that, then you go, but last week he was kind of happy. Like, like, like he was happy that he was facing him. But like now he just turned it in, into a complete, like, I'm pissed off and that nobody can beat me. Nobody in the sport could, could it's like unfathomable for, for someone in the sport to be able to beat him. So so I like the, the, the tone switch, uh, even though it might have come out of nowhere with it. But I, I enjoyed this type of promo from Moxley more than the one I got the previous week. You know what I mean? I like I like that he kind of... There's a way to show the respect. I just thought it was a little more toned down for Moxley uh, than, you know, I, with somebody that you're going to be... Facing off with and who might be a threat to your fucking title to, to your title, but they made it personal by you know having Taz come out and confront him and then uh, Cage, um like like then 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 Cage came from behind and then uh, he was beating him up. The only thing I had a problem with is that Taz was for the beatdown, but then he thought that Cage was going too far by basically throwing him onto the car. But sorry, I had this on the background. Still, you know, trying to guide me through what happened next and all that type of shit. But yeah, so I found I found that fucking kind of odd. That like like I mean like either have Taz stay silent for that or just because because it just seems like if this guy's supposed to be your machine, why would you tell him no? Like wh- wh- why would you calm him down from doing that? Unless you're trying to say that yo don't hurt him because then you, he won't be able to make it. To the he won't be able to make it to the um, uh, he won't be able to make it to the match. I guess you can justify it that way, maybe. But again, I just thought it was kind of weird. Like you know what I mean. But again, then Heyman does that kind of shit too. When when like he'll encourage a beat down by Brock. But then when 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 Brock goes a little too far, then Heyman basically shows kind of remorse, like yo, 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 Brock, Brock, Brock. You know what I mean? I always love the way Heyman does it. But again, it just seemed ran- it just it just se- it just seemed random because you're out there encouraging the beatdown, but at the same time you're kind of in a way condemning it. And again, I, I, you know what I mean? I just thought you should just stick to one fucking thing on 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 that. But I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean, I don't think you need to explain it. I mean, but again, maybe I'm the one that's just too too focused on that kind of fucking thing, you know. Um, then I guess well, what was next? Um, um, Cody uh, Cody Rhodes versus Mark Coyne, a private party. They start off with like you know, kind of like doing like you know, with like kind of like chain wrestling, kind of in a way where they start off with that. Cody kind of strikes him. Uh, he strikes back. Uh, you know, a bunch of running moves, shoulder block. Um, Cody does his fucking Dusty Rose thing where he kicks him in the stomach. You know, falls down and punches him, which seems like more effort to fucking do than than it. it you know, what I mean? than it requires. You could just like at least pick his head up and then just punch him. But I mean, you want to be fancy like that? Go ahead. Uh, the 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 story of the match was like working on the fucking leg. He was working on working on the leg, and then you know a lot of submissions, but it was mainly the leg. But the thing is that that, that I didn't fucking the I, thing I don't like about like these the psychology of working the fucking leg all the time. 
when it's with a high flyer, the high flyer ends up doing the high flying moves anyways. Like it doesn't show any, like it doesn't show any fucking sign of like like their knee is injured. I mean, people, but people who watch real sports have also pointed out. You know, when you point out that um, wrestlers are injured during a match and all that, um, players also play with the fucking with the with, with, with like a, a a fucked up ankle or something like that, and they still persevere through it. So at least you can kind of. Like, you know, do you can kind of tie it into real sports in a way because that is true. Again, I don't watch enough real sports to know. But there's one suplex that Cody fucking did from the from the top rope to him. For like you know, like 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 in a in a in a uh, like a, in a flatliner kind of way, right? And he basically you know did, did that from top rope. The way that Quen sold that was fucking fantastic. I thought that was really fucking good. Uh, Quen got on the fucking rope and uh, um, he he did a fucking uh, you know what w- w- one of his fucking moon salts in a way. He did one of his fucking moon salts. Um, you know, for the middle, it, 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 he he did the move, but he did it rapidly. Where he he's still holding the knee. I just don't think that it like to make it seem like that like the, the the damage is being done. I don't think some. I think some time at time you can have them fucking kind of miss out on doing the move. But then again, I mean, it's just fucking wrestling. He does a fucking standing, uh, standing, uh, standing four fifty splash. He does a fancy ass DDT, um. He does a fucking dive over the fucking ropes, still fucking g- g- selling the knee, but still doing the fucking high flying still, which I had a fucking problem with. Again, like you know what I mean, like, and he's like landing all these fucking, f- the, 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 the he's landing all these four fifty fucking splashes, and he basically does a, a um um um, what's the fucking? It's not a four fifty, but it's like Mark Miro's old move, uh, um. Hold on a second. One second. Uh, no. Hold on one second. Hold on. Just looking up, again, I, I had my nose, I, I had this down in my fucking nose, but I forget the, what, 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 the, what the move is fucking called, um, um, hold on, see, this is what happens when you, see, again, this, see, this is like, like, how much you take it for granted when you listen to other fucking, uh, when you listen to other, um, uh, this is like, you know, when you, uh, when when you take when you take advantage of listening to the fucking other podcasts that fucking you know cover all the fucking moves, and then you fucking just don't know the simple fucking moves because you're like, oh yeah, it's in part of my vocabulary. The the guys who cover this fucking shit for a living are are gonna be the ones that you know um are gonna be the ones that you know um uh you know you're gonna be the one that uh uh hold on a second. Uh, hold on. Yeah, shooting star press. See, that's what it's called. See again. 
I, I keep confusing the shooting star press type of move with a 450. And that, and that you know what I mean? So it totally negates, like, me doing it. This is what I get for trying to, like, do that. He does a 450 splash, and then Cody watch, like, basically moves out of the way. And he basically, like, di- like, he basically directs it, directs, like, his landing so he can land on his knee more. Then he has him in an ankle lock. And then he has him, he has him in an ankle lock. And then, uh... Yeah, and then he he basically he basically puts like another version of the ankle lock on, kind of in a way. But it's kind of like he's putting pressure with like he's basically doing it how you do a figure four in a sense, it, like you know what I mean. But like but like hit but Quen being on his fucking stomach and like you know what I mean, just basically adding more fucking pressure to it. And then he finally taps, and then. You know, they, they they celebrate together, which I guess you, it, it's, like, more adding to more pretentiousness. Again, Cody keeps looking more like a heel in these matches, by the way. In my personal opinion, he keeps looking more like a fucking heel in these fucking matches. So, again, you know, um, I mean, he, he, I guess when you're facing off with, with baby faces. But now, this time, he uh, Hager comes out to basically warn him that he wants to the, the next open challenge shot. So I don't know. Apparently they're going to wait for Fighter Fest to do this. But then what ended up happening was that the inner circle came out uh, um minus Jericho of course cuz he again Jericho's been on commentary I I forgot to mention. He again there's a way to do the heel commentary and Jericho finds like like the, the like he reminds me of like the mid 90s WWF when sometimes the heels would do commentary randomly and stuff like that, where they're still active, but like, like and and they and they will still put over stuff that's happening in the ring, but they still like again, like it's, it's like Bobby Heenan influence, you know what I mean? Where you're still kind of putting the action over a little bit, but you're also sticking to your character and and making your claims. Oh, I I hate Pineapple Pete. Like when Pineapple Pete shows the crowd, he'll be like, oh, don't don't interact with him. I hate that guy. Like that 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 kind of shit. But again, like I, I thought he Jerko has Jerko was fine. They, he was there for the first couple of weeks when they were doing, doing that. But uh, the pandemic shit during the pandemic shit. But it it's basically he hasn't really been on there. He's been more on the in the in ring focus. But again, Hager, uh, Santana, Ortiz, and uh, Guevara come out. And they and they and they they brawl with Cody and then private parties brawling with them and then Matt Hardy randomly is coming in. So again, somebody was saying that they might do a six man, six man tag belts, and I I really hope not, man. I I really I really fucking hope not. They don't do a six man fucking tag. Like you do, you don't need any more fucking belts. Like, listen, I, and again, I'm sure if they do it, I'm sure they will fucking you know m- try to make it prestigious. But I just look at New Japan, which is like a prominent organization in obviously in Japan, and they've fucking and they've added fucking all these belts, and they ultimately don't fucking mean anything. You know what I mean? And I, I just, and again, AW has been on a good role at least presenting the titles like they mean something. NXT has done a good job at that as well, making that their titles like they mean something, whatever, right? I, I just think creating a whole bunch of fucking titles. I, and I hope if they're doing a six man title, then just down the fucking line. I don't think you really need. You have four fucking titles right now, man. And if you're gonna add another title, then maybe you should do a women's tag title down the fucking line. And and that would be it. I'd rather that than a fucking six man title thing. But again, all these wrestling companies keep adding more and more fucking titles. It's just more more ways to give you these pretentious accolades, so you add it to your resume. 
but you know what I mean. I'll just rather you have a fucking good. I rather you have good feuds and, and and a good reign and good set of tell defenses. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Again, that's just me. But again, I I enjoy this episode. I thought you know again it was a good opportunity for Mark Quinn to shine just to get Cody more t- title um more title defenses. You know what I mean. It kind of negates the fucking rankings. Because like you know, you're giving the open shot to anybody that's willing to take a shot. I guess you could say that's like an open door policy. If MJF ends up fucking winning the title, I hope he takes away the open challenge and be like, "No, you gotta really, really earn it. You you can't just be given a fucking shot." I guess that would kind of be mask, kind of what Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles are kind of doing on SmackDown, by the way. Which, by the way, I heard fucking what's supposed to be happening. Again, I'm filming, I'm taping this. 5.50, it's 5.57 p.m. right now. And apparently I heard that, like, there's a segment on tonight's SmackDown where Jeff Hardy has to take a fucking piss test. And then he throws it in Sheamus's fucking face. And then that comes on the fucking whole fucking news thing of Bruce Pritchard. Again, if you again, if if you ever doubted that maybe WWE's dwindling is being done on purpose, again that word dwindle, I'm using over and over again, and I'm gonna keep using it until I fucking you know, you know, until it's like somebody makes an account dwindling handsy or something like that. Um, no, but but apparently, um, they're gonna fucking put together the fucking Raw and SmackDown creative together. And Krista Joseph has already been fired, and they won't name what. So I wonder if it's going to be something that's inappropriate that he did, or if it's going to be something that he kind of got into an argument, and he ends up going, he, one of these guys that goes to AEW, and then he'll be like, well, AEW, let me do my thing. Again, De Joseph was the guy that used to play, he played, um, uh, uh, what was the fucking character? Uh, Dick Johnson on WWE, who don't they always have a parading around in a fucking thong for like their homoerotic fucking sketches that they would fucking be doing and shit like that, like implying that Vince McMahon slept with them or something like that. You know when they they brought out a bunch of when Triple H brought out a bunch of people that from Vince McMahon's past that he showed love to, and then he brings out Sonny or Melina, and then he goes he always bring out everybody or whatever. And then it shows like Howard Finkel, it shows fucking Dick Johnson, and it shows Bastion Booger. I thought it was fucking stupid ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like you know, um, yeah. So like. I don't even know what the point of me talking about this shit was. I don't know. So yeah, the creative, yeah, the creative, the creative, yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, so WWE chose, uh, Heyman to be the fucking, the fucking online fucking the the on screen character, and Bruce fucking Pritchard is taking over the fucking creative, and it's not a coincidence that SmackDown has been one of the worst fucking shows since moving to Fox, even before the pandemic, especially during the The last week's episode was probably one of the better ones that they've fucking done in a long time, whatever, right? But again, it's like, dude, uh, now it's going to be an excuse for all these guys to, like, lose... I feel sorry for Aleister Black, Apollo Crews. I feel sorry for Andrade. I feel sorry for Drew McIntyre. I feel sorry for Lashley. I like you know what I mean. Again, it, again, maybe, 
this stuff is all planned out. Like, like, like you know how they, they whenever like a booking decision is supposed to be like, oh, like this is this will be seen as good t- television. They'll tell you, oh yeah, this is what Heyman was writing, even though everybody has a, ho- a hand in it. Now is an excuse for you to believe that this product is going to be fucking failing. And if you ever wanted uh, at least proof to my theories that WWE is fucking killing its own creation and making it fucking way, way fucking worse. And now they're selling the fucking notion that Vince McMahon doesn't like fucking Heyman, even though this could all be a fucking storyline on some fucking massive fucking level. You know what I mean? Like, I, I personally fucking believe that. You know what I mean? Again, I don't know if they're going to accumulate the... If they accumulate the NXT, I guarantee you that's going to be next. I, I You know what? 2020 has been fucking crazy. Guess what? Vince McMahon is going to bring in Vince Russo to make NXT compete with fucking... Uh, uh, is going to bring to compete with AEW. And then he's somehow going to make fucking NXT worse. Don't tell me Vince Russo has been popping up in the the last few years that this wrestling hell that's going to be done it can only end with Vince Russo getting again that's going to be a fucking explosive day on social media the day that they hire Vince Russo back and you're hearing it first right now maybe I'm fucking wrong I've been wrong about a lot of things in life I've been wrong about a lot of decisions you know what I mean and look where I am I'm in my fucking mom's basement third third almost 37 no, no sign of fucking changing, especially during this fucking pandemic. You know? But again, yeah, so, I mean, so yeah, so, the, so the, the, there was a change to the fucking, uh, the creative, and I wonder where the fuck it's gonna go. I really do. I, 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 again, again, this is, again, everything that's happening, in my personal opinion, all by design, all by design. WWE, as I've been saying for the fifth, like the 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 fifty plus episodes that I've been recording, that WWE, and also on on Periscope and blogs and tweets, that WWE has has been dwindling on fucking purpose. Even some of the fucking anti WWE people are also performative on some fucking level. Um, you know what I mean, and definitely the ones who are. You know the ones that were again the same ones that were the the the, the same fucking the, the blue check marks that were hyping this is this Bischoff and Heyman decision like it was the greatest fucking thing last June exactly like a year ago now all of a sudden now all of a sudden are oh n- now you guys hate he now you guys love Heyman he he did he did the cuck angle storyline but okay but but isn't that a sign of Heyman's genius because. You were praising the fucking cuck storylines that were going on, you know what I mean? Like you were praising that. You you were praising that. So shouldn't that add to your point that that's why Heyman shouldn't be be removed from thing? And by the way, since Heyman's official tenure as the fucking creative, on 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 the creative, even though yeah, okay, fine, not everything panned out perfectly, but I felt like there has been at least more fucking. There's been more fucking uh, freshness into the fucking, uh, in into the fucking programs, the program with some of the guys that they were trying to at least put out there, like Cedric and Ricochet, you know, Styles and uh, uh, you know, uh, Andrade and Rey Mysterio, and now Angel Garza, Theory, Buddy Murphy, Alistair Black, Drew McIntyre, Lashley, MVP doing it. Again, unless they're, again, maybe Lashley fucking wins the title 
and Heyman and MVP can go at it for SummerSlam in a b- promo battles and when with Brock and Bobby Lashley. But again, we don't fucking know that, right? Who's to know? Maybe Brock Lesnar comes out and costs uh, Bobby Lashley his match to, so he can get revenge on Drew. And then SummerSlam, you do a triple threat with Lashley, Brock Lesnar, and Drew McIntyre. And then you can also, you know what I mean? Then you can kind of like, you know, get the title on Lashley at SummerSlam. And then you can kind of have a few with, uh, and you can have an alone few with Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. You know, again, that's just me. But let me go to NXT. Just let me take a little fucking break ski, you know, and uh, break ski. And then I'll come back with the with the NXT fucking stuff. I thought NXT. I thought NXT. I thought both shows were really good this week. I really like both fucking shows. To tell you the truth, you know. Okay, so uh, NXT NXT started off with um, uh, the undisputed era minus Kyle O'Reilly again. Where the hell is Kyle O'Reilly at, man? I, I again. I maybe I haven't been paying attention. Is he injured or something? But I saw him in that one sketch they did last. Unless, like, you know, like, he's not, I get if I was going to take a guess, maybe they're grooming him to be a, a, um, a singles competitor, and maybe the next guy that, you know, beats Adam Cole, then, like, they'll maybe oust Adam Cole from the group, maybe. Again, it goes back to my fucking fetish of fucking having a, a leader ousted from his fucking group, but, um, basically, Adam Cole uh, did a... Adam Cole did a promo. Did a promo basically showing off that like, oh, you, oh, you thought Dream was gonna be. It was in his way a subtle way of like, you know how we all were like, Adam Cole's gonna lose and uh, the Dream is gonna win and uh, Adam Cole's probably gonna sign with AEW or something like that, right? And apparently he he did he he did uh apparently he did um uh, um. Uh, resign apparently again that's I mean again maybe they might have him lose and maybe he leaves after that because again it's in three months and his contract is supposed to be done I don't know if he re- if he really resigned or if they, if that's also a fucking like basically they they're double like it's 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 a double fucking cover for us basically oh it, it basically put our put re- put to rest oh okay Adam Cole staying because he be beat the dream. Because when you set up a fucking stipulation that he can't challenge for the title when Cole has it, and it seems like if, if you look at the end of NXT where it's going, uh, I personally think they're probably kind of going to give Cross that fucking push then. Which is weird because it's going to be Cole and fucking Cross. So who's going to be playing the fucking bad guy in this? You know what I mean? Does Cole automatically turn into the good guy kind of in, in a way? Because again, I do think they will. I think uh, if Cole does stay or whatever... There is money to be made with Cole as a good guy as well, even though he's probably better off as a bad guy. But, you know, when people keep doing the Adam Cole, Bebe thing, you know, uh, I thought it was going to be inevitable that, you know, he would... Uh, I thought, like, you know, I thought what would happen was that maybe Balor would re- recruit um, the Undisputed Era to be his clique instead because he was going to be the bad guy, you know what I mean? But that didn't end up happening. But he does a promo, basically, you know, showing off, and then cutting it off. And then what I liked about this was uh, Roderick Strong is still selling the effects of uh, being kidnapped and being put in a fucking thing. And they're kind of selling that also. They're they're also selling that 
on social media as well about Roderick Strong not being able to sleep and all that type of shit. One thing that I noticed that Bobby Fish got more fucking talking time on here. Still wasn't enough to basically establish, but he's like just being like a second-hand guy who, who's adding to the conversation. But it's always cool to hear Bobby Fish on the on on the on the micro on the microphone because I'm I'm a huge fan of Bobby Fish. I think uh, on the mic he's better than Cole. Even though again that's not a disrespect to fucking Cole. I think Cole is a solid guy on the microphone. I just think Bobby Fish, uh, he he come him as a heel on the microphone comes across like more of an asshole. You know what I mean? So. Uh, you know, I, mean, I I keep doing the, the, the comparison that, you know, Arn Anderson never really got to talk on WWE television. Even when he, when they brought him back, when they brought him back to work for the company in 2001. Um, but when, in the initial run in the, in 88, 89, I, I don't recall him ever really talking much because Bobby Heenan was the one that was talking for them. And then the whole segment was really, was weird because I like that, that Roderick Strong is like, oh my god, there's Loomis right there, he's, he's right there, and they couldn't see him, but then there was one time the camera shows him, and Cole and them can't fucking see him, so I thought that was kind of weird, and Alvarez went off on, Brian Alvarez went off on this, like it was like WCW fucking booking, and again, since we're in that comparison stage of WWF, because their image is dwindling, they're becoming more like WCW. It's like now you're making any kind of comparison. But I, just, I admit that was kind of weird for them to do. I thought that was weird. Like, for example, at least you could have proven Roderick Strong right by pointing out that Loomis was in the crowd. But it's like Loomis wasn't in the crowd when they were looking. But then we, the viewers, can also see. So well, are are we supposed to be suffering P PSTD post-traumatic uh, PTSD? Okay, PTSD. Post traumatic stress disorder. Okay, sometimes I I I mix the S and the T. I put PSTD, or PTSD, whatever, and all that. You know what I mean? Sometimes I, I mix that fucking shit up. There's a ba- there's a backyard lawnmower lawnmower work going on. What the hell, man? I might have to fucking reschedule this fucking podcast if it keeps interrupting. I I just close my fucking window, right? Hold on one second. You can still fucking hear it. They chose one hell of a time to do backyard outline work, whatever. But whatever, it's cool. Um, yeah, so Adam Cole cuts. Adam Cole cuts a promo, and then the the funny. I guess the funny part. The funny part about this fucking thing was that when when Cole when when they went up went on the on the stage to do their undisputed fucking little fucking shit, whatever their undisputed. Uh, like, you know, pose, whatever. While Roderick Strong is doing it, he gets thrown off because he see, actually sees Loomis. And then he's like, he, he's, basically running over, he's basically running away. He's scared off. I, I, I don't know where they're keeping it, but uh, keeping this feud. But apparently the feud continued, at, you know, um, like, you know, they gave the title shot away right now. And all of a sudden, I, I feel like this, this is a WWE fucking thing where they're... Uh, where they're basically making it seem like da- da Loomis, that they make it seem that Loomis is, is gonna be like, uh, that that Loomis is gonna be fucking uh, 
uh, like he's this larger than life fucking character that should be fucking pushed, even though he's just doing a Dexter fucking ripoff, basically. He's essentially just doing a Dexter fucking ripoff. That's what it fucking seems to me like. You just a Dexter fucking kind of a, a ripoff where like you know it doesn't really seem to be. But I, I did. But again, this is probably Roderick Strong's best fucking acting though that he did. This is probably his best fucking acting that he did. You know. You know. It, it, um, it was the best acting that he's done. Again. It, it, I, 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 the thing is, like, I guess Bobby Fish is like a, mentally stronger because Bobby Fish didn't seem didn't seem that distraught over it, whatever. But I just thought it was weird that they were doing like, oh look, I can see him, but you can't. But like, cause you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't people in the crowd be able to spot? It, it makes the people in the crowd look like idiots as well. Then, I, but again, I, I don't know, whatever. Then uh, we had uh, uh, when they were backstage. Um, uh, Keith Lee made it known that he is interested in the fucking t- in the title, whatever, and all that, right? And then you know he goes out for his match with Mia Yim, and they're facing. I guess they're keeping this feud fucking going. I don't know if this is like the blow off of the feud, where like at least Gargano and uh, Gargano and Larray get a victory over him, but they don't need to beat Lee for the title, basically? Or are you going to keep continuing this Lee and uh, Gargano match so that Gargano gets another fucking rematch, essentially? You know? I, I Again, I chose the wrong fucking time, but again, I'm on a fucking public fucking... a public fucking studio to do, the, to do these podcasts, you know what I mean? Holy shit. I you know what I should I, sh- I should come I should come back when like the fucking noise has d- died down you know what I mean I I should seriously give me just give me a minute I, I, I again this is but again this is the, the, the again this is your first time listening this is like the kind of hijinks you can expect a fucking uh, a scatterbrain mess with me. Doing no fucking preparation work, being distracted by fucking background fucking noise because I'm in my fucking basement while fucking people are fucking doing lawn work and shit like that. Okay, well, I'm back, man. I waited fucking like at least 20, 30 minutes for this fucking lawn work shit to be done. It just, it, it just goes to show like how unorganized my podcast is, but I guess that kind of, you know, makes you go, okay, well, bipolar coaster. You know, I'm taking on a roller coaster of fucking scatterbrain and sh- scatterbrainness and all that fucking shit. You know, um, yeah. So let me uh, hold on one, two, three. Yeah, so let me uh continue with uh, AEW. Uh, I'm sorry, NXT. Uh, so yeah. So what I was saying. So let me just say that you know the, I I like the opening promo. I, I liked where uh yeah I liked that Adam Cole was it was like basically Adam Cole celebration of another title defense while it's it's while it's correlating with of course being you know the one over one year anniversary of his world title reign and you know what I gotta say that I I do enjoy Adam Cole as champion 
I, I, some, again, some people will not like reigns that last so fucking long and all that type of shit. I think it's been fucking, I, I, for the most part, there's been highlights of it. You could argue that they wasted too much time on the Gargano, uh, Adam Cole thing. And sometimes it seemed like some of the fucking, I don't know, it feel like the feuds were going nowhere at some point. Like it wasn't, it felt like there was, it was on the back burner of other shit going on, you know what I mean? But again, so yeah, so, um, me, so like I said, Mia Yim and, uh, Mia Yim and, uh, uh Garg- and Lee versus Gargano and, uh, and, uh, Gargano and LeRae. Um, it started out with, uh, you know, um, uh, Mia Yim talking shit to Gargano and then, uh, Candice LeRae talking shit to Lee. And then Lee just politely picks her up and puts her, uh, like, you know, behind him, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Picks him up picks her up, and then places her, like, in a most condescending way, while her, like, legs are fucking kicking, and then it starts out with, like, them all just brawling, you know what I mean, not woman versus man, but man versus thing, and then Simon Taylor, they're doing the, they did the AOP fucking, uh, body, uh, power slip, power, power bomb, and then picking them up simultaneously, and then bumping them together, kind of, you know what I mean, but... I mean, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I guess because AOP hasn't been around, you might as well just, I mean, it wasn't like the finish of the match or anything like that, but I don't know how I feel about it just being used as a transition match, but it was Yim fucking, you know, striking, and then she dives on to, uh, she dives on, she dives on to, like, La, she tries to dive on to Gargano and, uh, and Larray while, like, Lee has them both, uh, you know, like, held together, kind of. But they both kind of ran away, uh, um, and Mia Yim just uh, does a dive, but she she is in the hugging position of fucking Lee, so that's, that's her husband. I thought they were gonna like you know kiss or something like that, just to like show, oh look, they're they're romantic, whatever. But I guess the, I guess that would make them look less badass. But then you know the match just continue with with the, with the brawling and then them doing similar moves like you know uh, um at the same time whatever. Um, Larray eventually gets the fucking, uh, you know, has control of it, um, and then Mia Yim does the fucking eat defeat thing that, uh, Thing does, she tags in Lee, Lee fucking splashes fucking Gar- Gargano and tosses him around the ring, um, he has both Larray and Gargano in a power, in like in a, um, power slam way, but then Gargano, Gargano kind of, Gargano kind of escapes, and then Larray is still in the position of like giving him a DDT, which was assisted by Gargano by drop kicking. And then Mia Yim did a fucking drop kick to her, and you know several drop kicks. And then uh, you know has her in a in a uh, you know suplex pin predicament kind of thing. She even fucking tries she tries to suplex Gargano, but that's thwarted by by Larray and she she's gives a fucking super like a, a not a super kick but like a roundhouse kick to fucking Gargano which he sold dope. She does another suplex on him. She does another suplex on Gargano which again, you know, again see I, the way that they fucking do the, the way that they do these things uh the way that they they did these interactions, I I like the way that they were doing it. It didn't seem like it took me out of the fucking product a little bit by, you know what I mean? And also if you know L- Larray and Yim's past also in like 
they have done intergender matches, like one-on-one matches. So, you know I mean? You could kind of buy into them um, d- doing these matches in NXT, even if you've never seen them before. She does her moonsault from the second rope. It was uh, it was, it was a very good rope. Me, not uh, Candice LeRae. Um, Gargano, uh, Gargano is, like, on the outside after Mia Yim holds the rope open. She does kicks to, uh, she does kicks to, uh, Larray from, uh, outside. Gargano, uh, shoves, uh, I think Gargano got shoved into, got shoved into, uh, Larray, but he got shoved into, uh, Mia Yim where she falls off, and Gargano's on the apron, and then he does a fucking, he does a fucking super kick, and then he does his, he does his slingshot, uh, DDT from the outside to the inside, and then when Lee lands, uh, he lands on, uh, this is pretty funny, he lands on, uh, Candice LeRae, which I thought was hilarious, and she's, like, knocked out, but the thing is, is, like, okay, you could have ended the match right there, but then he shows remorse by carrying her, and then Gargano comes from behind and rolls him up, and he wins the fucking match, and you know what I mean, but, it, it, but I guess the visual is just funny with, uh, Gargano just kind of holding up a, a lifeless fucking Candice LeRae. And if there's, again, if there's one thing, okay, again, you know how I've been fucking vocal about how I don't fucking care about this Gargano and LeRae heel turn. I just think it's kind of a parody in a way, right? But again, they'll do some highlights, but it just seems so uncharacteristic from Gargano. You know what I mean? I just don't buy him in as a fucking heel. I, I, I really don't. Maybe if Larray was a heel on her own, maybe, maybe I could kind of buy. I could buy into her being a heel, maybe. Because again, we haven't really seen much of her personality since she's been on the roster. She's had a couple of dope ass matches, but you know, uh, you know, it just seems like this f- couple heel thing is like it just doesn't really match them. But I, I gotta admit though, like, like it, it's funny the way that Gargano was holding her up and shit like that. You know what I mean? It, it was, it was pretty fucking funny. Um, and then the Damian Priest did a, uh, did a backstage thing. Uh, I guess like there are some. If it feels like the, some way, but the way that. G- Balor showed respect to him, that they're kind of making him more of a fucking, making him more of a fucking uh, face in a way, because then he kind of got into, Grimes was like talking shit and slapped him around, which was, which, which was teased, which was teased, um, the, 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 the whole show that Garget, that, uh, that, that Grimes couldn't fucking really, uh, like, he was injured, he, his jaw was broken, but then Regal was on the fucking, was on the, uh, was on the, sh- was on the, uh, um, s- when they're, like, basically saying, okay, yo, uh, Grimes said he can't compete tonight, and then they f- go and find Grimes, and he's, like, not, he's not selling the fucking, the, 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 the jaw, whatever, the, the, the jaw that, uh, got fucking, you know, hit, by uh, by priest. Then like he then then basically like Regal caught him because Regal caught him because he's on he's on the Zoom call, but Grimes didn't know that he was on the fucking iPad. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean I mean that's pretty. Fu- I, I guess, but again, it it just they're focusing more now on making uh, uh making Grimes at least have some type of character. And again, you know, he he could have just gone on more with like you know him showing off about beating um with him beating um 
with him beating uh, um, Balor. By the way, he didn't face uh, Priest. He felt he was facing Balor, but for some reason, Priest was the one that fucking did it. So, are they hinting that maybe because Priest got Balor's respect, that maybe Priest and Balor will be fucking, you know, associated on some level? But I just thought it was kind of a weird story story arc to be having. The next match was uh, Malcolm Bevan's tag team of. Uh, uh, of Rinku and Gerger, I think, Rinku and Gerger, their name is Indusher, it means King's Lion, I guess you call him the Lion's King, they just did a bunch of power moves on a bunch of jobbers, you know, like splash, splash into the corner, and then instead of doing the, the, you know, the demolition finish, instead of doing the elbow drop, it was a leg drop, so again, you know, it just seemed like a random pairing from Malcolm Bivens, and I don't know if these guys are really good enough. Like, I mean, in this job squash match, they looked fine, but I feel like maybe you you have you have, uh, you have uh, maybe you have uh, Malcolm Bivens with like a with, with like guys that show more promise. That's I'm fucking wrong. I could be wrong, but when you, when you have two, uh, you know, nameless fucking guys, kind of in a way. Uh, again, you know, it, it just it just it just means that like you know what I mean that you you don't fucking like you like you don't know wh- where it's gonna go really right like you don't know if like these guys are gonna be just like an, an uh, uh, another random fucking tag team that's just like random fucking big guys but hey I give them props for having Indian guys you know um um be with my uh, Malcolm Bivens a uh, former Stokely Hathaway. Uh, so again, I, I don't. I, I it seemed like they were next in line to be the tag, the, the, the tag team people, the tag team champs, with Fabian Eichner with with, with Fa- but then Fabian Eichner and uh, Marcel Marcel fucking got the fucking tag titles from Thatcher and uh, and Riddle. I you know what I mean? But it felt like they were at first they were fucking teasing that it's gonna be Malcolm Bivens tag team against uh, against them. So again, you know, you know, you don't fucking know where it's gonna go, but, but then uh, they they did show a Breezango uh, uh package for, um like you know because they're hyping them up for the uh, for a tag title shot they're getting next week I think, and then it it showed like you know how you know Fandango won its first WrestleMania match against Jericho, and how you know uh, uh Breeze used to carry the division carry NXT. We had matches with Liger and, you know, all, all, all these other fucking people who were, you know, kind of, uh, you know, legendary. I, I mean, I mean, who else did they really face? Really face that was, I mean, the they did show the Liger one, you know what I mean? But again, even if they don't win, I like that, like, they're still kind of jokers, but it's like in a more serious joker fashion. Instead of being a complete parody that you're doing on, 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 on the, the main roster. Um, they showed a network exclusive of Champa not addressing, not wanting to answer anything about, uh, about, about his, his match. He goes, it looked like he was like doubting himself and that, you know, that he was surprised that he got taken out as quickly as he did. Um, some people were like, he should have fucking, um, like completely talked, but I don't think, I mean, I think this was perfect. I, but again, personally, personally, I would have had, uh, Champa be stretchered out of that fucking match. I I would have done a blade job and a stretcher job, to basically show that Cross is not only gonna beat you quickly, but he just basically dominates you. That's what I would have done, and it wouldn't have hurt fucking Champa whatsoever. But I mean, this is the closest that I'm gonna fucking get to that. You know what I mean? But again, he was avoiding questions, and then uh, Rhea Ripley had an interview, and uh, 
Robert Stonebrand is like looks more disheveled. Like he's like had a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of drunken stupors. He shows up to like you know plead his case of like, doing whatever he needs to, like what a manager would do. Like I'll get, I'll I'll book you good matches. I I, I will make sure you're. I'll carry your bags and all that type of stuff. He kind, you know, he's kind of looking. I don't know if this is by design. I, I'm surprised this hasn't become like online fodder of uh, conspiracy theorists because I can see Meltzer doing this. But he's kind of looking like a Tony Khan a little bit, being disheveled and all that. It's kind of funny. But Rhea Ripley wasn't wasn't. Interested in that, and she basically takes him to the side and then body slams him onto something, whatever. Uh, again, I wonder if this is going to lead to him constantly just being disrespected by different fucking people on the roster who don't want his services, and then it leads to him bringing in someone else that you know that he's going to use as a tool to fucking destroy the people that have kind of dished him. I just thought that it would constantly be, I thought it was going to be one of those things where Chelsea Green was just going to fire him and then hire him back and then it becomes like an go-to thing, which I don't know how much promise you have with that kind of shit, but I mean I I mean I would maybe prefer that more than than uh than I mean than this. But again, maybe it leads to him getting a fucking good client. I mean, listen, I, I just don't want the managers just to look like complete bums. I feel like like the way the AEW is handling the manager situation is a lot better than what uh than what WWE is kind of doing right now with some of the people. You know what I mean? I mean, Malcolm Bivens has potential. Malcolm Bivens needs to be more of a shit talker. You know what I mean? I, 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 I want Malcolm Bivens to be show more of his fucking personality more. You know what I mean? Because, again, if you followed anything that he did, the black management thing that he did... That he took over Gary Hart's thing, I think. I think Gary Hartman, Gary Gary Hart used to do the black management, and then uh, um, Stokely Hathaway fucking was part of it. I remember MVP cut a dope promo, like alluding that like they were like a mafia boss, mafia kind of thing, because like they were having black cars and showing up at all times of the day to spy on him and stuff like that. It's a very good promo that MVP. It's like a very underrated promo that MVP cut, but it. it it, it it gave a sense of danger, and I wish that uh, Malcolm Bivens uh, in NXT will have that. I hope he doesn't become a complete parody. I don't mind the guy doing some comedy, you know what I mean. But he 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 and he does like a lot of a lot of stuff that he posts, like the whole series of him looking for his Walkman. Probably some of the funniest fucking stuff that he did, man. He's like a re- he's a really a really talented guy. I'm glad that he's getting an opportunity, but I just hope it. They, I hope for the manager's sake, it doesn't go nowhere for the manager. I hope it's just not for the sake of having guys who are just fucking complete parodies and that they always just get fucking you know their their credibility doesn't mean anything because uh like the people that they're managing are gonna lose all the time, you know. But yeah, it was it was it was. So I, I, I'm curious to see where the Robert Stone thing goes, you know. But, I mean, it seems like he's just going to be more embarrassed. And then we had Cameron Grimes being put in his match against Balor. You know, it, it, it you know started off a little slow at first, you know, with, uh, with Lee fucking not wanting to, you know, go right. He's trying to avoid fucking doing it. He strikes him in, like, fucking the abdomen um, with the cold... Um, uh, the, the strike where he goes down by like you know it looked like he's doing an, not an axe thing but like he's swinging it like an like Fowler swinging like an axe, couple of chops to the fucking back and forth, hard fuck just hard strikes, that were mostly like you know throwing him to corner to corner and then doing like r- doing a running fucking chop basically, 
uh, you know, the, the takedown by, by Grimes, uh, and then he has him in an arm submission, you know, just a rest hold, basically. And then uh, um, he, Balor ca- counts him off, strikes him again, basically, then does a, does a sling blade, eventually, then does his fucking, his, his, this drop kick was fucking ruthless, the one that he just fucking, you know, where you do, like, a missile kind of drop kick into the corner, kind of, in a way, but, like, just running, a running drop kick, basically, I, I felt like, yeah, like, like, he does that move a lot, but, like, this one, the way that Grimes sold it was wicked, um, what's it called, uh, he, he did, he did, he did his new finisher where he has the fucking, where you look like you're gonna, like, you know, do, uh, where you look like you're gonna do a fucking uh, flatliner, but then like you basically tilt your body and fucking do an elbow, or whatever. I, I I don't know what he called it. It's like a new one to his repertoire. Uh, he what they call Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Uh, uh, his his standing. His his his. You know the the move where he basically runs and he fucking just um does a jump kick and he just basically uses your chest as the fucking launching point to put you down basically. He fucking dodged that, and then Balor had like a, uh, uh, an elevated fuck, elevated, uh, elevated flatliner kind of in a way. You know what I mean? Where, he, uh, and then th- that didn't get a pin. But it, it, this match was pretty fucking good. And then the coup de gras was, and then the the elevated fucking DDT, not the elevated DDT, but like I forget what he fucking calls that. You know what I mean? But you know. Keep, I keep pressing fucking stop on this fucking shit. But by but but by the way, the the move the move is called nineteen sixteen. The fucking finisher, where he looks like it's, it's like it's like it's like a fucking like an elevated like an elevated fucking elevated DDT, but it's more like a fucking brain buster in a way. And by the way, Grimes' fucking move is called the cave in. That's what I fucking you know what I mean. That's what I fucking you know. Uh, remember, but then the, the the next one was Kai Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez versus Casey Con Contazaro. I think that's her name. I haven't seen her in a while, but she's Ricochet's wife, whatever. Uh, Ricochet's uh, girlfriend, Katenzaro. She does like a lot of gymnastic fucking shit. You know what I mean? Um, th- this match, this match was cool. It was a, it was a quick. It wasn't that wasn't that long of a match. But again, like you know, uh, Cartanzo did a fucking you know. Uh, hold it. Yeah, so um, Cartanzo did like a lot of fucking running, the running boot that she normally does, and you know, Cartanzo sells it. Cartanzo, Cartanzaro, you know what I mean? And then she does the fucking, you know, Miz, Miz's fucking, you know, Miz's move where he fucking does a clothesline into the corner and shit. And Kai basically got, got the win with the G, with the GTK that she does. And then Ra- Raquel Gonzalez and her beat her down afterwards. And uh, Caden Carter comes down and she gets met with a fucking power bomb essentially from, 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 from there. But, yo, I, I think that, yo, you should bring the NXT titles. I think... That, you know, because I don't think Kai, again, I don't think Kai is, they, they aren't prepping her for a world title, for an NXT women's title run. You know what I mean? Especially with Io Shirai just winning it and all that. I say that if you really want to keep pushing Kai and Raquel as this dominant thing, bring the tag belts down to NXT. Let them fucking win it. Especially since there's some controversy. And again, I, I kind of read I, read, I saw the clips about it. It seemed like... Page, 
Ember Moon, and them. It wasn't that they were criticizing the horsemen, horsewoman. They were criticizing it more on Bailey and fucking Sasha. And because, like, these things are seeming like, you know, these people are puppets, right? And because there's backstage problems with Sasha and Bailey with the fucking, with, like, you know, the whole thing where Sasha had, like, kind of a meltdown, uh, you know, apparently. And then she came back and now she's, like, like you know, kind of, like, in better spirits because she's with her best friend, Bailey. And they're working together and all that type of shit. It seems to me like there's going to be more backstage fucking issues that are going on. And it feels like the way that Paige hypes up fucking Charlotte Flair and thinks it feels like that's going to be revealed as them as them being told to fucking hype up Charlotte Flair while piling on Sasha and Bailey for getting the fucking tag run tag titles even though they thought Cross and Bliss should have had it like Bliss hasn't been given more chances but anyways maybe that maybe Sasha and Bailey will come down i think they're supposed to apparently i think it was promoted i could have been wrong but somebody on Reddit was saying that and I, I say that, you know what, just give it to Kai and fucking, uh, give it to Kai and fucking Raquel. Let the well, women on NXT carry it. And then when you want the women from NXT to make a title defense against anyone on Raw or SmackDown, it will seem like a fresh fucking program because people who have been on NXT will now show up on Raw to go, well, yeah, I'm also the tag champions. But to me, I think I would have, uh, you know, since, you know, I would I would have the 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 women tag titles go to Kai and Raquel. Again, you could even redo Diesel and Shawn Michaels if that's what you're trying to recreate, basically. But again, you know, it, it, it was it was fine. It was fine for what it was, you know. The next segment. This was probably the best segment. I put the clip of it where El Hijo Fantasma came down to fucking celebrate his cruiserweight win. Drake Maverick came out to apologize that all the focus has been on him and his situation when we should be celebrating, you know, uh, Phantasma's victory. And he just stands there, you know, says, see, see, and then he goes, but I also want to fight you again, and I, 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 I want another shot at the title or whatever. And then he basically agrees. Then the two masked men come down who have been kidnapping, you know, Raul Mendoza and uh, Walking Wild. It's just a stupid name, Walking Wild. And then, you know, they, they, they both basically, you know, they, they sent the fucking kind of square off in the ring kind of where like square off around the ring where Drake Maverick is fucking facing one masked guy and Phantasma is facing the other guy. And then slowly again, this would have been a dope reveal. If there was like a real legit crowd there, th- th- this would have been really dope because without without like kind of like even with some people there and they kind of did sell it. You know what I mean, and and basically Drake f- doesn't fucking remain clueless because when he hears the cr- when he hears some of the guys go oh shit kind of in a way right he knows right there that he's been set up and Phantasma just fucking you know uh, um, headbutts him then the masked men and them come out and they attack him uh, they reveal themselves as fucking you know the masked men were Mendoza and Walking Wild and some people are just going like oh so did they kidnap themselves because those are the two guys that were doing it but I, I assume that he had other masked men do it for him you know what I mean and the one where they try to kidnap him was to throw off people to believe that 
and then he does a fee he does the uh the 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 the, the, the his phoenix move that he does like the 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 driver i forget what he calls it something the phoenix let me, uh, let, me, let me look this up again the uh hold on um i think it's the phoenix drive if 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 i could be mistaken um you know uh, and then yeah, he takes it, and then he takes his mask off, and then he reveals that he's Santos Escobar, and that he nobody can touch him. And you know what? I actually like that this is a cruiserweight storyline because now it again a lot of the cruiserweight storylines seem to be more cartoonish to some degree. Like they'll have one serious cruiserweight uh, in its history of the whole division. It's been more like sports entertaining, right? This one seems like a fucking legit fucking storyline. Not to, like, knock down what other people have done, because I think Cedric and Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy were, like, they brought some seriousness into it instead of just being, like, nonstop comedy segments in a way, where, like, with, 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 like TJ Perkins and fucking Brian Kendrick and those guys have been doing. Even Jack Gallagher has, has come back as a fucking more serious competitor. So again, this to me, it feels like there's an actual legit danger storyline, um, like a like a, like a major threat, and it's with the cruiserweight title. You know what I mean? And and the fact that it's just like, oh look, this is, this is why I like the NXT presentation of the cruiserweight division because it feels like there's more seriousness in it, and it feels like a, a darker fucking storyline. So I I fucking enjoyed this segment. I thought it was really well done, and I actually look forward to what will be done um with them it's it's weird seeing men, uh seeing walking wild uh, former DJZ being in the suit kind of thing cuz you see him he was basically doing a DJZ character to some extent as walking wild with like the aesthetics and all that type of shit but he wasn't being as annoying with the bump 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 thing whatever they used to do in TNA so again i i i, en- I enjoyed it it was a good angle uh, i look for i look forward to where it's going to go it Again, I, I don't know. Again, I don't. Again, two hundred five live. They still have dope matches, and like they'll have like carry on. Like they'll have a carried on storyline going on. Like they'll have Oni Larkin and Birch Swerve show up in there. But I don't pay much attention to two hundred five live because it just seems like there's no really storyline development. It's just more of just matches going on, especially during this pandemic era. Really, right? So again, I, I like that NXT and them. You know, are are doing it, uh, doing the way that they're doing it. Anyways, uh, backstage, Roderick Strong is flipping out because of, uh, you know, another drawing that he found. Again, I, I don't know if Sam Shaw is really, like, the, that good of a drawer, but, I mean, like, dude, like, for a guy... Again, it showed, like, on the exclusive, on the, on, on the YouTube page, that he actually did draw that picture last week with the, teasing that that Fish and Strong were going to be in the car while he's driving it. And he just uh, appears in different parts of the building like he's watching them, kind of, in a way, right? So, yeah, Cole versus Loomis, which, like, you know, again, strikes in the corner. Um, you know what I mean? El- el- elbow strike while Cole's running. Cole basically just stomps on him a bit. Uh, Desha Loomis fucking uh, looks like he's going to do a suplex, but he just tosses him. And then instead of, uh, again, this looks sloppy where he basically slides down, da- uh, like where, you know, when the wrestler is like, you know, in the 619 position kind of, and then the, you go see what the wrestler, wrestler going to do. I, I don't know if, I, I would I would cut this out from the fucking repertoire, just my personal opinion. But Loomer, like, uh, Loomis basically slides with, with, with like, you know, how like, 
like pure Carlton Banks style shit, where like Carlton Banks is basically sliding on the floor. Basically, he does that kind of shit, but he he goes while Cole's in the fucking six nine six one nine position, and he goes outside to fucking strike him. I just thought those kind of moves are always kind of redundant. He catches uh, he catches uh, Cole's leg, does a fucking strike. Cole fucking strikes him with a fucking kick from the outside. Does a backstabber. Um, you know, again, like, it's weird because, like, this guy's a whole thing is impervious to pain. But then he's, like, basically selling some moves, basically. You know what I mean? I, and I'm glad, like, I, I, again, maybe because, like, you know, you, you can still be, like, knocked out and still, like, look like you're being impervious to pain. But the thing is, like... Like, how are you going to be, like, again, like, last time he was being, like, kicked while he was, he was being kicked massively in the head while he was doing a chokehold on Roderick Strong, right? Um, but, again, like, you know, it, it just didn't seem like it came in effect. It came in effect to some degree. It's like, it's like a modern-day Zeus, where Zeus doesn't feel, feel anything, basically, but he does a, a, um, a suplex with the assist of the fucking ropes, basically. Uh, I thought that was cool. Um, what else was there in this match? He did a fireman's carry, and then Cole escaped that. Um, did a fucking German suplex, which was... I think Cole selling it, it the, the actual, like, uh, affecting of the move didn't really do well. I mean, it, it didn't come across well. Uh, Cole gets caught with the fucking that, that sleeper, that, the sleeper that he does. Kind of what, like... Uh, Kind of what Edge did to MVP a couple of weeks ago in a way. You know what I mean? Cole does a fucking super kick. Um, what they call Loomis is still kind of selling it. He, do, you know, he, do, I'll say this about Loomis. He does one good fucking spine buster though. And he does a really, really solid fucking spine buster. He did, he did another, he did like two of them, I think, during this match and to a two count, essentially. Uh, Undisputed Era is out there. Uh, he jumps off the rope and then, you know, he does like a fucking flip. Like, you know, he does a, like a somersault, you know, not a somersault, but a, a, a splash. But Cole has his fucking knees up. And then he catches him. Then he catches Cole with the fucking sleeper again that he does. And then that gets broken up because of uh, strong, because of, because of uh, uh, Undisputed Era kind of distracting a little bit, I think. Then Dream comes out of nowhere. And he's fucking brawling with them. And Cole does his running knee to the fucking guy. Everyone has a fucking running knee. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know what I mean. And then, uh, uh, then Cole fucking, you know, was taunting fucking him, and then he gets put in a sleeper again. He's fucking getting kicked down by Undisputed Era, and oh no, sorry. And then that's when Dream. I thought Dream got involved during the match, but then you know, Adam Cole standing there, the lights fade out. Uh, one part of the ring is still lit, and it shows uh, what's her name, Scarlett Bordeaux, walking down slowly, and she has this face where she looks like, like. Yeah, have you ever seen a face that looks like they're crying, but like there's no fucking tears being shed? That's the the, the kind of horror that she the, the, the horror in her face that she that she's expressing, and then she puts the fucking hourglass down, and the closing shot is with like the hourglass, like pointed at the hourglass with Cole kind of in the background being kind of scared, with Carrion Cross's symbol being on the fucking uh, being on the uh, Titantron. So I guess that's the fucking way they're that's the way they're gonna go with that one, you know? That's the that's the route they're going with that one. But again, I I, I enjoyed uh NXT. I thought it was a solid episode, a solid follow-up from In Your House. Again, I don't know what they're doing with Loomis. Uh again, I don't know when the next event is or when the next title defense is, but I I, I assume that that uh that uh Cross will fucking get the title shot. 
I thought he should just go for Keith Lee first, but, you know, you know, I thought maybe, you know, he should go for Keith Lee, but maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what goes down, but I, I really enjoyed both NXT and AEW. And apparently, like, both of them did, like, in a similar b- ballpark, where like over like six hundred and seventy thousand viewers for each one, but like uh, uh, but uh, NXT lost by a couple of thousand, so I you know what I mean like it seems like both the weeks have been down, but you know it, I mean what what do you expect during this fucking era of civil unrest and the pandemic? No one's gonna be really watching wrestling too much. I think I'm like one of the only idiots watching. But yeah, no, I I enjoyed this episode. Again, listen, I I think I'm gonna separate from the other thoughts that I had because I think this is long enough already. You know what I mean? Um, but again, you know, uh, I'm I'm gonna do another one later on down the line, and I probably have to add SmackDown results to that as well. Then maybe probably then just do a thing, whatever. I I mean, I could continue with some other stuff, but I think this is long enough as is. I think, you know, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I could do one really long one or just split them up into two where, like, maybe at most it'll be two hours because I got some other thoughts that I had to fucking talk about that have been fucking bugging me a little bit. But, you know, we'll see what fucking happens. Um, I'll decide. Let me, let, let, let me tally it up and see how long the different segments are and see how long it is. And maybe I can just get through some of these topics in the same fucking podcast, you know? You know, it's unpredictable here on the fucking bipolar coaster, you know? And I hate referring to my podcast in in in, in, in uh, speaking in third person kind of way, you know what I mean? I, I hate, I hate uh, doing that, but sometimes it is like a fucking bipolar coaster because you don't know where I'm going. My mood swings go up and down. My brain gets scattered, and then it shows in this fucking podcast format. And then I have to go inside, in, uh, inside school, and show you how 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 much uh, uh, unorganized shit goes on with this fucking podcast. Because I don't know how to speak English, whatsoever. ever. But again, I I just say I know what insults are hurling around in the when people are probably probably listening to this and talking in their group chats like this is so unorganized, it's so shit. He needs fucking help. He needs our fucking help to do this. Come on, what the fuck, man? He needs our help. It's an unorganized mess, and he's proud of this. That's basically it. But you know, um. So yeah, let me decide. I mean, again, if this is done right here, and you see that it's like no more, no more. Uh, barely any time left in the uh you know if you if you have the time elapsed or whatever uh if you can notice that shit then obviously i'm going to do another podcast but i'll see at when i finish this segment off and see if i should just continue and just do one big ass fucking podcast you know anyways i'll be back <laughs>